following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, what's going on, man? How are you? It, doing good, doing good. All right, good well. Good to be back, and yeah. we got ourselves a, Couple a loud but quiet news period. A yeah. lot of big stories, but not a lot of stories. Yeah, not a lot going on in the league, but we did have, like, like I mean, we're talking giant, giant stories throughout the league. Uh, today I'm gonna I'm gonna go through these news stories. I'm gonna go a little like uh, low to big here, okay? Because we we've heard the rumblings over the last couple of days, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go from low to big because we're, we're gonna have like a main event here, okay? Uh, first and foremost, uh, Patriots. This is right after we got the recording last week. Uh, Patriots wide receiver Nikhil Harry officially requests a trade from the Patriots. Uh, says he wasn't utilized wasn't utilized correctly by the Patriots. Uh, that- Sort of a valid point, even even in his last year when Brady was there. Yeah, very valid. Uh, he he has not so far, and I remember when he got drafted, we were talking about him. Uh, we we were talking about how this kid's going to live up to the expectations, and he's going to be really great. And he was a first round guy, and uh, he has not lived up to expectations. But a lot so of so here's it, the thing, though: is it a Nikhil Harry issue, or is it or is it a lack of utilization issue? Right? Is it a, is it a, and I, you got to realize also, you know, he was playing behind Julian Edelman for a long time, you know, and and they expected him, I think, to kind of be the the fix to Julian Edelman or. Maybe even the long ball compliment to Julian Edelman, and he has not been that. Um, I believe there's there's a team out there that can really utilize his services, the, and and I don't think Nikhil Harry's a bad receiver, but maybe a new fresh start would be what he needs. Yeah, a little little fresh uh, fresh start, you know, some a change of scenery would probably be good for him, and I'm sure there are teams out there that are looking. Uh, speaking of receivers going elsewhere, the Bra- the uh, the Bears. I'm having like the, 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 easy for me to say. <laughs> the Bears trade wide receiver Anthony Miller to the Texans for a late round pick swap. Um, I like Anthony Miller. He's only 26 years old. He's on a cheap deal. I, I don't could be an extra weapon for Watson over there. Yeah, it could be a weapon for Watson. I, I think the the interesting thing here is the Bears are already kind of like you know. Thin? Yeah, they're the old Mother Hubbard with nothing in the cupboard now. You know, you've got Allen Robinson, who you're trying to get signed to a long-term deal, and you have no compliment to Allen Robinson over there. But if he's got any support, he might not want to stay. Yeah, exactly, deal. exactly. So I don't, I don't understand this this move. It doesn't make much sense. Anthony, that's the second name receiver that they've lost in this mm-hmm. in the midst of this whole thing. And really, they they've lost their number two and number three guy over there. So I don't understand their logic or what they're planning on doing, but uh, that one, the the Bears, and it's kind of funny. They they have this hokey pokey thing going on at the quarterback position, but you you have no receivers to help your hokey pokey in quarterbacks, whether it be Foles, Dalton, Fields, whoever. It's like, all right, guys, good luck, but you're all going to fail. Right, exactly. <laughs> it, it just makes no sense. Um, wide receiver Ted Ginn. He announces a retirement after 14 seasons. Um, I like Ted Ginn. I always did. I'm um, very good specialist. Uh, yeah. Special teams specialist. Special teams guy. We, he had 
I, I, I want to say Ted Ginn, and, and I, he had flashes of brilliance as a receiver at certain points throughout his career. We did get to see a few, like, he would come in, he'd be a, like a number three guy, there'd be injuries, Ted Ginn would trot onto the field in Carolina. And, have a decent game yeah. in there. <laughs> it was like, what well, did Ted Ginn put up six catches for 120 and a touchdown? Where, where did that come well, he'd from? He'd do it one time and then disappear the rest yeah. of the season. Ted Ginn, uh, never, uh, as a specialist, he was great. I don't know if he was ever really truly given an, an actual opportunity as a number one receiver or anything like that. But great specialist, great return guy. Um, really a special dude. So, I mean, 14 seasons in the league. And he was very good. And I, I feel like he just always got overshadowed by uh, by Hester. Oh, yeah. Like, he, Ted Ginn was always very good in special teams. It was like, oh, Ted Ginn had a, had a, had a couple of returns. Hester had eight. Yeah, like Devin, <laughs> guys like, yeah, guys like Devin Hester or De, Deshaun Jackson was another one where it was like, oh, yeah, that punt return specialist was really, or Cordero Patterson. Yeah, poor, yeah. poor, poor again. <laughs> he just never got enough love. Although he would always get signed to these deals. Like, yeah. like, well, because people knew. Yeah, he'd get signed to like $3 million, $4 million. I mean, he was getting paid like high end fullback money for being a, a return specialist. I mean, it was, it was pretty impressive. And uh, speaking of fullbacks, uh, Roosevelt Nix announces his retirement, the former Steeler, uh, after five seasons. You know, the fullback position is kind of going away in the league. There's only a couple teams that really utilize it. Yep. I like the fullback position. I think for, like, these power run type teams, the fullback position is, is a good thing, especially, I'm like, the Vikings use one, and I've always been a big fan of that, like C.J. Ham. Well, it's, 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 it's funny because uh, on the same note, they're saying that the position's going away, but on the same note, these teams are just uh, said, "Oh, we're a two running back system." They just they, they happen to have this big bruiser of a back. Yeah, I think it's the running back saying, "No, you're going to pay like a running back, not a fullback." Right, and and the other thing I have, the other issue I have with it is, you know, you you've seen this uptick in injuries, and you've seen the running back shelf life go down over the last several mm-hmm. years. And, you know, you you and you always see teams and and the stock being put into running backs, especially in drafts. Um, you don't see a lot of running backs going in the first round of the draft. Like this year we saw two, and that was like an anomaly. Right. Um, normally a running back is going uh, 32 or later. You know, it, it's they're second-round guys at this point because the shelf life of a running back has gone from like, oh, 14 years to like 8 to 10. Man, and even that's pretty high. Yeah, and even that's a good career so far. You know, I there there are just so many situations. The injuries have piled up, and a lot of that, to me, may be attributed to the fact that they don't have a lead rusher or a lead um, a blocker. Rather, that might be the case. You know, you don't have that fullback as your lead block going through those holes, and and now you're over here getting your your running back blasted twenty five times a game, and we're wondering why. So, in it, I, I think the fullback position is great because you you get to see bigger run plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you always get to see those. You see that really great block that sets up a great big run. And it just, the running game, and there, maybe that's why the league has become more of a passing league too. But Roosevelt Nix was always a great fullback for, for the Steelers. He was always solid. Um, yeah, I, I feel like he, you know, he's been very good. I feel like he's yeah. just kind of been overshadowed by guys like Juszczyk and, and, and uh, Ricard. Right. There's there hasn't been a lot of lot of great fullbacks in the league in in recent memory. I mean, you C.J. Ham and you get uh, Lendale White was really good for when when Chris Johnson was there and Usechek obviously was really solid. I mean, there there are guys out there, but the fullback position is, is kind of a rarity. Yeah, 
I almost feel like Ricard's kind of changing it a bit too, because he because he plays defensive tackle too. Yep, and, and I feel like teams should just should be carrying a fullback regardless. Like one one of the things that's that's driving me crazy is like these teams they don't carry a fullback and they're like oh yeah we don't need one and then like in that time we're like oh yeah we need a fucking fullback they they like slap a tight end in there yeah you know like for a while like the lions were were putting Riley Reef at fullback like what what are you doing you're taking one of the best offensive tackles in the game and you're going to put him at fullback or sometimes you're you're really not playing and you're forced to throw your little speed back in to get one yard like he's going to get clobbered yeah you're just you're looking to get your your little guy killed so uh but yeah uh, Nick's get Roosevelt Nick's retires after five. Took his money in. The- <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, another guy retiring for the Steelers. Uh, linebacker Vince Williams retires after eight seasons. Uh, Steelers just losing guys left and right, man. The, the dynasty's crumbling. Oh, it is. It is. Well, you know, <clears throat> we always talked like for the last several years. You and I have been talking about the Steelers being like this aging team, and how they got the, especially on defense. They've gotten older and older and older and older and older. And they, I'm some, I'm amazed that they lasted as long as they well, did. But then, but then they got two really crucial signings in the, yep. the, the trade with Miami. I'm, yeah. I'm getting uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, and then and then drafting freaking uh, what's that linebacker's name? I can't think of his name. I just lost it. Uh, TJ Watt. TJ Watt. TJ Watt. Yep. TJ Watt is, is <clears throat> going to be one of the best players in this league. Yep, he already is. Uh, the the big thing about about the Steelers and and TJ Watt's going to be asking those Buku mm-hmm. dollars pretty soon here. But uh, the the big thing about the Steelers is like for for. Ages, they they had a great team, but it was just they were just kept getting older, and it kept getting older, and it kept getting older, and we've gradually started seeing that that dynasty slipping. Ben has been holding on for dear life, just just trying to to get them back to the promised land. That what that's yeah, it's not like, it's like, the Red, like the Red Wings, yeah, for a little while there. Yep, and and now they're they're finally losing all of those those older pieces, and they're they're facing the fact that this team is going to have to move into rebuild land. I mean that's that's what the Steelers are going to have um, to do. Mike Tomlin doesn't think so. Mike Tomlin never thinks so. He's just too much so. of a person's coach. He can't keep his team together because yeah, all these all these losses that the players you got don't get along with each other. Exactly, and and they they did make one move. The Steelers did. They went and signed the former Chargers defensive end Melvin Ingram to one year, four million dollars. I like that contract. Good deal. Melvin Ingram, uh, he's had he had some off the field issues. He had some uh, injuries injuries going on. The Chargers let him walk, and then here we are. Melvin Ingram, it's a good signing. He's um, I would say an above average defensive end, but the Steelers wound up uh, walking out with him in that deal, which I, I for four million, I think that's a pretty solid easy signing. money. Yeah, that's that's easy. Um, next up, you've got the Colts. They're currently in extension talks with offensive tackle Braden Smith. This needs to happen. It does. Yeah, this needs to happen. Because Smith and uh, Nelson are a great combo. Yep, and Smith is one of the best offensive tackles in the league. That that needs to happen. But one thing that they're, they're really getting near is they're in extension talks with linebacker Darius Leonard. They're expected to make him the highest paid linebacker in the league. Um, and, and that comes on the heels of the Fred Warner deal, which we'll get, get to here in just a second. But, um, Darius Leonard, Braden Smith, both guys, the Colts need to keep this team moving strong. Am I wrong? hundred percent. Now, now how I, here's the big thing. Is it going to be a one or the other type situation? Because there is a, a large contract that just came rolling into their camp, uh, just in this, in this off season, that's Carson that of Carson Wentz. Um, so, so where are we at from a cap perspective? That could be a big question here. 
you could see them where they, they end up having to franchise tag one to kind of delay the signing of one so they can get both. Right, and that's where it gets a little ugly. Now, currently, I mean, the Colts have $14 million in cap space at this moment. But what's it look like next year when we're going to start to see it go, um, squeak back up? Now, moving into next season, they're in a they're in great shape moving into next season. Next season, they're looking at $83 million. So they, they might be in a spot where they're going to be fine. Yeah, but those two guys are key cogs. And Quentin Nelson isn't I, – I didn't – you know, like – we talk. I remember talking about Quentin Nelson all that time ago. Quentin Nelson's only 28, 29. He's, he's not younger than that. He he hasn't even hit his age thirty season, if I'm not mistaken. He's is he is he even hit twenty five? I think you're overthinking this one. No, I think he's in his late twenties. And he, I'll find out for you. Yeah, right you're now. gonna have to look that up real quick here. He's twenty five. Wow. Yeah, he's only wow. been in the league three years. Shit. God. He's, he's already the best league. guard in the league. Yeah, I basically. I mean, and but. That's a guy that they're going to have to hit with a big contract here pretty soon. Yep, yep. Uh, probably here next year. So, yeah, so, so they, they, within the next two years, they got like three big contracts going to be signing. Yep, and and there goes your eighty-three million. <laughs> really, I, there goes your eighty-three. Pretty much. Yeah, but you have to do it. Yeah, you have to. I mean, you can't let Quentin Nelson walk out. Those are three. Those are three guys that are future your franchise. Yep, all three of them. Um, and uh, the Chiefs went out and re-signed uh, linebacker Alex Okafor to a one-year deal. Uh, I like this signing. The Chiefs needed to keep him around. He was always a solid linebacker. He's one of those um, sort of uh, 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 utility type of players, I guess yeah. you could say. He he's a linebacker, but he rushes the passer pretty well. Uh, Okafor, he can pretty much play inside, outside, and and yeah, he's he's a um, he really is a specialist at that position. I mean, really a utility type player. Yeah, and and he fits he fits the role. He's he's a role player in that in that defense. He plays hard for teams too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He always has. Uh, I, I good tackler. I like him a lot. The, and then just getting him on a one year deal. The Chiefs are going to be signing a lot of those deals in the in throughout the next couple of years, especially with that Patrick Mahomes contract. Even though they did restructure it the, in in a way. They're going to be signing a lot of one-year deals until they get through that well, that deal. Maybe not always one-year deals. You're going to see a lot of uh, what most people would call boring signings of these these journeymen, oh, yeah. um, good enough to, to to start type players and, yep. and and work it together. Yeah, and that's that's where we're going to get there. Um, as and there's nothing wrong with that. When, when you when you sign big, con- it's, it's not something new. Teams have been doing that forever. Yep. You you, you focus your your, your um, signings around one area, and the rest kind of get. Forgotten about in a way, but they, they you if good coaches, good GMs, yep. you, um, you they get find the, these decent good players like mm-hmm. much like much like with uh, um Ingram in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you 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 get that middle of the road guy. You plug him in and you make him a starter, and you say, hey, he should be good for us. So I mean, sometimes you don't need an all star at every position. No, that's that's basically what it comes down to. Um, next up, so we we've got some training camp is around the corner here. It's it starts on what Wednesday, right? And uh, we have we have uh, some players that are getting ready to start camp on the pup list, and the first and foremost one, Stefan Gilmore, he reports to camp, uh, but he's going to be starting it on the pup list. Uh, Gilmore wants to get paid. We know that. Um, I don't think. I really don't think this is a a an injury issue. I think this is a contract issue, and I think him reporting to camp was, "Hey, I'm here, but fuck y'all, <laughs> I'm going to go and get paid." Um, but Stefan Gilmore, he wants a deal. He said, I want to get paid what I'm worth. He's made that very clear. Uh, he said, pay me or trade me. That's, that's what it is. So, but he isn't about to forfeit any money. 
So he showed up, and uh, but he's he's on the physically unable to perform list. So we'll we'll see how that works out. Uh, next up, and the Giants, they have uh, Saquon Barkley and Kyle Rudolph starting camp on the pup list. Saquon coming off of the ACL tear, if I'm not mistaken, and yep. Kyle Rudolph coming off of ankle surgery. So, actually, I'm sorry, it was foot surgery. So uh, Kyle Rudolph and uh, Saquon, and, and Kyle Rudolph, you know, that without that surgery, it could have been season-ending, or career-ending, rather, uh, without him getting that foot surgery. He had his foot injury la- late last season. Uh, he finally got the foot surgery done. But he starts on the pup list. He should be ready for for the the preseason, and he should be ready for uh, week one of the beginning of the season. Um, additionally, you got the Giants. They took their first round wide receiver Kadarius Tony Barf and placed him on uh, injured reserve, the COVID nineteen list. Uh, God damn, weird start here for the Giants. Yeah, the Giants have have all kinds of. It's like a sick ward over there right now. Um, just a strange situation. And then also the Cowboys with the wide receiver Amari Cooper and defensive end Demarcus Lawrence start training lamp. Can't, training lamp. I am having an off day. Having a stroke? I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence start training camp on the pup list as well. Um, see, that one. So I just want to point this out. The, the Cowboys are a really shady organization. Okay. <laughs> And and I've always found them to be a really really shady organization. And when I see two all star players like that, Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence, arguably, I mean, two of your top three players start on the pup list. I'm like, mm. you think they just don't want to participate? I think they just don't want to run the risk of them getting hurt. Yeah, take a break. Yeah, yeah. Go go home. Go home. Relax. You know, I think that's what that is. But don't do anything stupid. Yeah, don't do anything stupid. Don't go, don't go, don't, don't go skateboarding. Don't go playing football <laughs> on hard <laughs> surfaces, Lamar. <laughs> I, I I remember, <coughs> excuse me, the week after uh, Flacco signed his deal, he he um his neighbor read him out to the team for for playing on a skateboard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, there's just dumb stuff, and and so that I think that's what it is. The Cowboys are like, hey, go home. I don't want you risking getting hurt or to risk you getting hurt before the start of the season. Go home. So I think that's what it is. But perhaps the biggest injury issue that we're seeing here, um, well, one of the biggest injury issues, is the Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas. He's going to miss the start of the 2021 season after having an ankle ligament injury. Um, that's huge for the Saints. Is that Saints. the same injury he had last season? Yup. Yep. So he's, he's well, I mean, you know, he's it's an ankle ligament, so he's probably making too many cuts doing those slant routes. And, uh, you know, just, come on, Tyler, feed into it here. Feed into him doing only <laughs> slant routes. But um, you just sat there with this blank stare on your face. God damn. Uh, no, ankle ligament injury, he'll miss the start of the season. That's a big deal because they, they have um, – you know, a new quarterback situation. You know, who the hell is Jameis Winston going to throw the ball to? <laughs> they don't have receivers who, over who there. Who's even their number two? I don't know. I don't know. That could be in trouble. That's the thing. I don't Taysom know. Taysom Hill's going to play by receiver. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who their number two is. That's the damnedest thing. I mean, I would know these things, but I don't. Usually you're a lot better about this. Yeah, I know. This team's in shambles. Well, they, they've dumped. I mean, it was Oh, like, ooh. Well, who is the Jaquan Smith's going to be number one? Oof. Oof. 
Ufa. Followed by Deontay Harris. Oh, Harris is actually probably better than, than probably, Smith. But probably. Man. I have a hunch you might see Alvin Kamara playing a lot out wide. Oh, God. Yeah, you might see a lot of... Because he is a good wide receiver. Yeah. So you might they might be relying on uh, Murray over there to, to be more of a lead back. Yeah, you, you, you might see Alvin Kamara doing a little more of these... Uh, Swing routes and maybe like Alvin that. Kamara breaks the receiving record. <laughs> oh Jesus! It wouldn't surprise me. Although I don't know, you got Jameis Winston over there. You sure he's not going to throw all those interceptions again? No, he, this year we're we're, we're going to top it. We're going fifty and fifty. Oh, perfect, <laughs> perfect. So we got we have that going on. Um, but let's let's talk about the most important injury, and this is one of the larger news stories we had. Uh, Rams running back Cam Akers suffers a torn Achilles. He's set to miss the entire 2021 season. Um, Big hit. That's brutal. That is brutal because he was so good for the second half of the season. Down he was that, getting hot. Yeah, down that back eight, he was playing so well. Um, I had him on my fantasy team. I just happened to scoop him up off of waivers, and he blew up on the second half of the season. Um, I, I know that. and I mean, you remember he had a – uh, four touchdown performance, I think, one game. I mean, he had over 200 yards one game. I mean, he was just blowing up all through the second half of the season. Just huge games. It was looking like that guy's going to be a star. This, I mean, this this hits the skids right here, man. This is it. This could be it for that poor kid. <laughs> I, I want it to not be it. Achilles injuries are not easy to come back Achilles from. Achilles injury for a running back. I mean, that's, that's the big thing here, a running back. So I... It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the Rams, and and it's funny because uh, like I had the Rams as my Super Bowl pick, if you remember, and uh, yeah, not so much. <laughs> they don't have a running game. My uh, Arizona prediction is looking a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, your Arizona <laughs> prediction is starting to look look more likely. Um, I'm from the future. Oh Jesus! Uh, speaking of of stuff from that division, from the uh, NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks are in extension talks with Jamal Adams. They would could well could make him the and highest should. paid safety in the league. Really, you think so? After the bad season he had last year, I mean, granted it was injury related. Um, I'm I'm willing to kind of discount the entire season. Anyone who had a bad season last year, for the sake of Anyone on a new team didn't have a training camp or really much of anything to get used to a new team. Yeah, that's fair. It's it, so it was tough for anybody to go to a new team. Yeah, he. Um, so I'm willing to give him one more season to kind of see how it goes. Yeah, I, the the thing is, is like I I just hope Seattle isn't going to jump the gun here and sign him before they know exactly what's going yeah. on. Um, the, it was predicted that the Seattle defense wasn't going to be as good of a fit for him, and thus far, I mean, regardless of injury, thus, thus far, far it's, it's accurate. So I mean, he he didn't play well last year, and I I don't think he in he had injuries and whatever the case may be, but he didn't play well. Um, I don't know if he should be the highest paid safety in the league. So right now, currently highest paid safety in the league is Justin Simmons. So uh, off of his new deal, so we got to figure out, um, you know, are we going to sign Jamal Adams before the start of the season? And I don't think you should. Because the other thing to consider too is Adams is a lot more of a linebacker type safety mm-hmm. than he is a safety type safety. Right. He he can he can play pass defense, but he's it's not incredible. He, he, he's he's, a, he's not a ball hawk. No, he's a tackler. So I mean we we've got there there are it's debatable here about about whether or not you should throw that contract out to that guy. To me I wouldn't I would be waiting to see what the hell happens in this season and then decide, hey buddy, we're gonna throw that contract at you when he does 
No, on, on that I would agree. I would I would give him this year just to see oh is he going to translate now that you're going to have a camp now that we're going to have now that you've experienced our our system on the field I want to see if you're not going to be injury prone I want to see if you're not going to you know if you are going to mesh with our guys I want to see if you're going to be a fit I want to see if you're going to do your part I you want to see that stuff so I mean to me I'd be waiting for the full season and letting that go. Um, also, as far as the Seahawks uh, go, the their former linebacker, Shaquem Griffin, the club, he signs a one-year deal with the Miami Dolphins. Um, Do you think it would have been a two-year deal if he had two hands? Oh, ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Every time I think of him, all I can think of is, like, and, and don't get me wrong, the guy's a good player. I, I, I think he's a great dude, and he's a, he's a great player. But one thing that, that is for sure, when, when you're, all I can think of is that Madden picture whenever i see it blocks the kick with no hand where he goes to block the kick and the hand isn't there to block the kick so the ball goes right above where his (laughs) nub is um he's a good player um i don't i don't think he ever really came to full fruition the way seattle wanted him to right but i think he has potential to um do better somewhere else yeah a lot of people a lot of people put a lot of stock in him and it it was really cool you know seeing hey he made it to the nfl you know and, and given his his disability the fact that he only does have one hand. Uh, it was cool he's watching him make it to the league, but a lot of people were saying this guy is going to be like the second coming of, of you know, LT or something. And um, not and, there. Yeah, and, and it's like, no, that's he, – he's probably decent. You know, he's one of those, like we were just talking about, one of those middle-of-the-road fill-in guys. He's an Okafor-type player where you're going to throw him in and he's going to be okay as a starter. I think he starts in Miami. Miami needs oh, yeah. linebackers. I think he starts over there. Um, but he's he's a good player, and I think I think Miami's gonna they they probably got a good deal for him. I mean, it was one year contract, so they probably got him on a good deal, and and we'll see how he turns out. I think he might be a better fit than what they expected over in Seattle. Seattle likes to dip their linebackers into coverage a lot. There you go. I mean, <laughs> I, I let's let's think about that for a minute. So I didn't say it. Well, it's what they do. I mean, what, what do you want me to say? Um, Next up, the Browns, they unveiled their 75th anniversary season uniforms, and they're still boring. <laughs> they, they are. always will be. The, the thing that gets me about the Browns uniforms, can I just point this out? You, you, you are the Browns. Why the fuck is your helmet orange? <laughs> Why? You're the Browns. Why is your helmet orange, Tyler, if you're the Browns? I don't know. Are we colorblind? It might be. But then, here's the kicker about it. The rest of the jersey, there's not there's no brown on it. It's all white. They it's to, like a it used to be brown. It's like a fucking color rush, Tyler. It's all brown. white. I was blown away by it. I saw it and I'm like, what the fuck? What is this? <laughs> it makes no sense. I know. <laughs> You're just this I, I'm just—I was looking at it. Okay, cause wait a minute. They're, okay, so the Browns with their helmets orange. Okay, and and oh wait, they're the Browns, but there's no brown on their fucking uniform. I think it's for um, they all turn brown when they get their ass kicked every week. I guess I don't know. Golly, I, I and they're awful. They're they're awful. Like I, I'll have I've you, seen them. I've they're, seen them. They're terrible. It just makes no sense. There's there's probably like maybe like a brown stripe down the side. I mean, and that's about it. 
Like, like you are the Browns. Make your uniform brown. I don't understand. It used to be. Well, yeah, while. like, every now and then they would have, like, the brown pants or the brown jersey and the orange pants, or they'd have the brown pants and the white jersey. Like, cool. Fucking make your uniform brown. Make your helmet brown. Make a fucking logo. <laughs> you just have the Steelers trying to be cool and only have it in one side of your helmet. Oh, God. God. Like, like make a logo. They need a fucking logo. Can we, can we get a logo for the Browns, Tyler? They do. It's a, it's a, it's a football helmet. It, uh, like their logo should be what the, what the Washington football team should be using. Their, their logo is just orange. <laughs> they're the Browns. They, they claim the whole color. Yeah, they're, they're the Browns. They, claim, both, they, got, they claim orange and brown. No, no, they don't claim brown, apparently. There's no fucking brown on the damn thing. <laughs> but, but, no, uh, the name brown, the color orange. <laughs> exactly. They're just, they're just weird. Yeah, that'll be it. Yeah, we're strange people. And, and people wonder why Art Modell left. Yeah, I, I'd leave too. Shit. Even though it was his idea. <laughs> God damn. We're going to have an orange helmet and call ourselves the Browns. What the fuck are we doing? And then, and then their, lo- their logo will like, oh, we got a new logo. It's, it's a lemon. What the fuck? <laughs> God damn. Could have been a brownie. Could have been an orange. Nope, nope, lemon. Nope, nope, lemon. Nope, that's what we're going to do today. And then, um, God damn. It just makes no sense. Isn't uh, a football season, there's not some sort of weird story with the Browns, though? It's always the Browns. The Browns fuck up everything. Have you ever <laughs> noticed that? They fuck up everything. Like, like I was in an alright mood going through these news stories, and then I thought about those fucking uniforms, and they <laughs> fucked up everything. For, for years, for years, this team has fucked up my draft, my draft board, because they were trading all over the place like maniacs. Like, this is a, like it, they were actually sitting there playing Madden, and and just, oh, I'm going to make this trade and that trade and this trade and that trade. Like, they were you collecting first-rounders. <laughs> and and here we are, the Browns, fucking ruining my mood with their ugly-ass, stupid fucking uniforms that are white instead of brown. And orange. And orange. With an orange fucking helmet, even though they're the Browns. <sighs> Fuck are we doing here? Um... Other news around the league. So the Falcons terminate Barcavius Mingo. Um, so this is a, just a disgusting, weird story. We don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, the Falcons terminate him after he has indecency with a child uh, and, and sexual contact with a child. M- Mingo's arrested in Arlington, Texas. Uh, the child, who is then 13, so we're talking, and I think he's 17 now, we're talking four years later. Um, they say that Mingo allegedly pulled down his underwear and touched him inappropriately after him and his friend were staying in a hotel with him after a trip to an amusement park. Uh, Mingo and his attorney say that the allegations are a flat-out lie, and uh, Mingo's attorney scolded the Falcons for terminating his contract. Uh, and Barcavius basically faces 20 years in jail over this whole thing in Texas. Um, that's a career killer right there. Um, now, if, if this winds up being... I'll, I'll say this. If Barcavius Mingo is not found guilty, does he wind up in the NFL ever again at this point? Or is that game set and match for him That's regardless? That's done. He'll be like 50. Well, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, if he's found not guilty. Oh, um, if he's found not guilty, then yeah, probably. But he's also, he's already over three at this point. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's, I think he's just going to retire. He's 30 years old. I mean, he's, I, I, here, I, I don't, I don't think. It, it, who knows what the hell is going to happen with the guy? Who who knows what happens? If he's found not guilty, I don't think any team's still going to touch him. Nah, at I that think point. he's kind of getting... Yep. I, I think that's game over for him. He's a great player. 
That's the thing about it. Barcavius Mingo is, is one of the more underrated linebackers in this league, I think. He's been a guy that, that a lot of teams didn't put a lot of stock in. I think he's a good a good linebacker. Um, and for whatever reason, teams just didn't didn't buy him. I think he was drafted by the Colts, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, yeah, so here we are, Barcavius Mingo, looking at uh, 20 years in prison um, for, for that situation. Um, next up, so I want to talk about the NFL's controversial new COVID protocols. Um, this gets wacky. Um, the NFL this past week threw them out there. They said teams could be fined and will forfeit games if an outbreak occurs on their team. Um, all tier one and tier two personnel, coaches, front office, officials, refs, that excludes players must be vaccinated. Uh, several coaches, including the Vikings offensive line coach, Rick Dennison, Patriots offensive line coach, uh, Cole Popovich, they've resigned after refusing the vaccination. Uh, several players, including Cole Beasley, DeAndre Hopkins, have been very vocal against getting that vaccination. Hopkins actually began opening, openly questioning his retirement over social media. Um, these are, are, and I guess the COVID protocols for these players, uh, if, if they're not vaccinated, I mean, it, it's basically like being in the NBA bubble, as far as I can tell. You, you can't go anywhere. You got to stay put. You're you're not allowed to go to the grocery store. It's it's <laughs> clear. Um, the short version is what what they're basically saying is we aren't rescheduling games. Mm-mm. That's the short of it. Yeah, I think they're they're gonna back because basically what they're trying to say is um if an outbreak happens and and it was caused by an unvaccinated person that's when the fines and missed games happen. Right. But so that, but they, they basically say if uh something happens with with vaccinated people and 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 they can't chance they were to get it that it, it wouldn't be the case. What, what they're gonna they're gonna end up backing off and saying you know what if an outbreak occurs. You're forfeiting the game and just and just yeah. calling it. They're, they're going to have to back off a little bit on that, but I don't see them backing off on their game forfeits because I, I don't blame them for not wanting to reschedule games either. Yeah, and uh, the coaches. Some coaches are going as far as, as saying, "Look, if you're if you're violating the the co- protocols, we're going to fine you fifteen thousand uh, dollars per violation." So I mean, and Bruce Arians was the first one to come out and say that if you if you're not vaccinated and you're violating those protocols, guess what? You're getting fined fifteen k. Um, a lot of the the coaches and stuff, you know. Here's my thing. And I'll just tell you this, if I was making millions of dollars, millions, tens of millions of dollars, and, and I had the opportunity to make that tens of millions of dollars, I would be getting, and they said, hey, you get that vaccination. Okay, I'm getting the fucking vaccination. It's, I mean, it goes back to, um, like, Josh Gordon and the weed stuff. Um, mm-hmm. even, even though the, um, the weed thing is stupid, yeah. having the rule... If if it's a rule they have, or how dumb the rule is, but it's a difference between you making millions of dollars for a couple of years, just man up for a bit. So so that's a, a thing. I, that's a thing. Um, so I, I, to me, you know, if you're an NFL player, get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. I mean, who, you're making millions. Go home. <laughs> you know, I understand you. you, you well, that's, the, that's that's exactly what Hopkins is thinking about doing. Right, he's right. made his millions. Yeah, he might just go home. He might just go home, which would be bad news <laughs> bears uh, for him. No, one more year. I, I gotta have my prediction right. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. Please stick around. Um, so we had uh, the franchise tags go on, but there was series. There were about seven players that that one. Well, let's put it this way: there were seven players that needed to get re-signed to long-term deals. Um, there were some that that uh, did not get signed. Six out of the seven, um, they they had to be signed by the July fifteenth deadline. Uh, the jet safety, Marcus May. Um, I'm sort of surprised by this. Marcus May not getting signed. Marcus May was 
a huge asset to the Jets last year. He's a great safety, but he was actually the best player on their team, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, I, I don't understand why the Jets wouldn't just make the deal. Just get the guy signed long-term. It doesn't make any sense. Sign this guy. Maybe they're just trying to get through this weird um, lower cap season. Yeah, maybe. I, I But, I I mean, golly, just get him signed for, for the future. You know, extend him. Uh, he needs to be re-signed to a deal. The Washington football team, they, they didn't sign offensive guard Brandon Scherf. Uh, Scherf is one of the best offensive guards in the league last season. Um, this is another one. The, the Washington football team is not strapped for cash, as far as I know. This is one that should have been done. Maybe to the other side. Maybe Scherf wants to play for a winner. Yeah, and, and that might very well be the case, but but that one didn't get done. Um, Allen Robinson will be playing on the franchise tag this year. He didn't get signed to a long-term deal. I don't think he's coming back. I don't think he's. I don't think he wants to come back to the Bears. I think he's he's done with them, and the Bears have just been kind of making him stick around, uh, just for the for the hell of it almost um, to to finish out his contract. You know, actually, the one that that this one caught me by surprise was Chris Godwin didn't get signed to a long-term deal, uh, given his age, given his his uh, uh, production. I think Chris Godwin is waiting to see what the quarterback situation look like looks like post Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I mean, and Godwin has not a long term contract and he's stuck with Joe Schmo. Yeah, uh, and and I think that's a big one. Chris Godwin's a, a hell of a player. He's very very good. He was very good for the Bucks last year, um, and and we want to get him signed to a, to a long term deal with the Bucks. Or the, you know, if I'm if I'm the Bucks and I, to me, this one I thought would have gotten done. Um, next up, Cam Robinson. He didn't get signed to a long-term deal. The Jaguars' offensive tackle. I think he's kind of testing the waters on the the uh, Trevor Lawrence situation to see how that works out. Cam Robinson is a great player, great offensive tackle. So I mean, that's that's a big name. And last but not least, the Saints. They failed to sign uh, Marcus Williams to a long-term deal. I think Marcus Williams kind of sees the writing on the wall with the Saints. I think so too. And I think he's he's going okay. To hell with you. Once I get done with this franchise tag, I'm getting the hell out of here. So I, I think he, he knows. But they can keep tagging him, but it does get more expensive. Yeah. Well, it's going to get substantially more expensive. I mean, I, right now I think I think they're paying him 17 this year to be on the tag. And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to go up to 22, 23, 24 for a safety. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for a safety. You, you don't see safeties getting paid like that. So there's that. Marcus Williams. Um, he is uh, on the franchise tag. Now, we did have two big, big, big signings uh, come through the door. First and foremost, the one that, that I thought I, I kind of knew was coming based on the tag, uh, Taylor Moton. They signed to a four-year $71.25 million deal. That's 17.8 per year um, after placing the franchise tag on him this offseason. So they didn't want to lose Taylor Moton for the year. But they finally got a deal done. This is a big deal for big contract. big contract for a guy who who's a right tackle. Really, that's a right, that's right tackle. It's the second one this month. Yep. So we've we've had a couple of right tackles getting signed to big deals, and and that's another huge one. Um, Taylor Moton getting signed. That that's a good deal for the Panthers, though. I I think that they need somebody for Sam Darnold at this point, especially if they think he's going to be the starter. Um, they didn't draft a quarterback at all or anything like that, so. Now they got to rolling the dice. Yep, so they got to protect them. They're taking a shot. So that's they're that's rolling a big the dice one. on the um, ten-year-old model of the of the Lamborghini. Right, right, exactly. And then uh, the 49ers, they went and signed Fred Warner to a five-year, ninety-five million dollar deal, uh, forty point five guaranteed. 
Um, so he's the highest paid linebacker in the league. Darius Leonard is is probably going to surpass that deal, which is insanity to me. Um, the interesting thing about this deal is that the Niners have the the clause where they got two voidable years in the deal. So what they could do is that in 2025, when when that deal hits that point, they'll be able to pay him 21.85 and reduce his contract to 76.8 million over the stretch of the contract. So it makes it 19.2 on the average. Um, but Fred Warner, he gets a big deal. They do have voidable years there. I like the whole voidable years thing. I think that's fantastic because then what? And I think that. That voidable years, how they did that right there, is reminiscent of how the Vikings signed to Neil Hunter, mm. where where they went out and they said, "All right, cool, we have the option now." And and the Vikings did that. They said, "We well, well okay, we'll we'll take your contract, we'll move it to a one year deal with a one year option instead of a three year deal, and we'll give you more money, and we'll see how that works. And if you play well, we'll bring you back for that second year." And that's kind of what they're doing with Fred Warner. We're going to see how you play, and if you're playing well, we'll just keep your contract. If you're not playing as well, we'll go ahead and kick your money forward so we can open up cap space in the latter year. So this is a smart play by the Niners. I like the move. And he's one, he's one of the best linebackers in the league. It was a great signing, and, and realistically, he still has a couple year, one or two years left on his, on his original deal. So really, it, through through the, all of it, he's probably got another seven years of this team, six years. At- yeah, yeah. He's he's going to be around for, for quite some time. I think he's going to be around until 2027 with them now. Because, he becomes unrestricted in 27. Yeah, so, I, I mean, that's that's great for him. Uh, Fred Warner's a great player, so so having him around, um, the Niners need him. He's, he's one of those guys that's going to be, you know, a key cog to their success, especially on defense. Their defense has notoriously been good, and uh, that's one thing that the Niners have always had for the last several years is their defense has been awesome. So now you got Fred Warner as that that uh, centerpiece. Yeah, that centerpiece. Um, next up, you got Richard Sherman. Uh, this one was a wild one. He got arrested for, and he's facing several charges. Uh, they're all misdemeanors: suspicion of burglary, domestic violence, resisting arrest, malicious mischief. Um, he's facing charges of <clears throat> a possible DUI and a hit and run related to a separate incident on uh, July 14th. I, I mean, he, he resisted arrest. He fought with police officers. He had to be brought down by a canine unit. Um, There's a video showing him trying to, to break into his father-in-law's house because his wife was in there and he was drunk and he was slamming into the door and he bent the door frame and, and all kinds of stuff. I mean, he was out of control. And now he's shouting CTE and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it to me it sounds like Richard Sherman is looking for anything to point to to make himself look what, like like a victim. Didn't, didn't like a neighbor, like an anonymous person, call nine one one. Yeah, yep, yeah. It's probably Michael Crabtree. <laughs> I mean, realistic. I so Richard Sherman has been a loudmouth and a hothead his entire NFL yeah. career. Um, this doesn't surprise me. I can't sit here and say it surprised me. All I had to do was watch that that interview with Skip Bayless uh, years ago when he started teeing off on Skip Bayless for no reason on live TV to know that he was a nut job. That's all I needed to know. And it was only a, a matter of time before he exploded like that, you know, be, before he went off the deep end. And here we are. Yeah, and here we are. So, I mean, and, and now he's trying to backtrack. And, and look, he, he's trying to say CTE this, CTE that. Bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on it. He's trying to play it out. And, you know, he's not a dummy. But for him to try and, and start talking about, you know, it's CTE, it's CTE. 
No, screw you, Richard Sherman. You were an asshole, and you got caught on camera being an asshole, and then you got arrested for being an asshole, and now you're going to sit here and try and, and make yourself a victim. No, that's bullshit. You're just acting like an asshole. Yeah, you're being an asshole. I mean, that's all it is. So Richard Sherman is, is uh, you know, facing misdemeanor charges. He says he's very sorry. He had his hearing uh, earlier this week, um, you know, and his his attorney is over here saying that he's a pillar in the community and whatever the case may be. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, was he the town bully? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, the town drunk. He just staggers <laughs> around in the streets. I mean, he's a pillar of the community because he's always at the bar drunk, but he, yeah. he but he, he buys a whole bar of drinks when he goes. Exactly, so, so. supplying, supporting small business. That's what he's doing. So everyone loves him because they just go and drink for free. Mm-hmm. But he's just out there being a butchering drunk. Like, That's it. Maybe drinking for free, but you might get punched in the face too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's going to call you a cretin while he does it. Oh my god. Um, next up, this now we got the bigger news. These these are the big three right here, buddy. The big three: Deshaun Watson. He's expected to report to Texans minicamp. He still wants a trade, but he's going to report to camp. It's like, I want, I'm grumpy about it, but I want my money. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think Deshaun is in a situation where he's paying a lot of lawyer fees. He's paying a lot in attorney costs, and I think he realizes, oh, shit, I need my money. And I, I, I do believe that Deshaun sure doesn't want to play there because of just the because Texans owner is an asshole. Yep. But at the same time, though, I don't blame the Texans because you just signed that big ass contract and you're just, just going to lose out money for no reason. Right. Right. It's going to be I, a nasty cap hit. Yeah. For just for trading him. Nasty cap hit for trading him. So Deshaun is going to show up to, to camp and he's going to do his thing and that's all well and good. You know. You know what I see this going down as? I see this going down as the the. Oh, God, I forgot his name. The cat from Seattle getting carted off the field, flipping the bird to his own sideline. Oh, that was uh, my old safety, uh, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas. Yeah, you know, I could see Earl Thomas, an Earl Thomas situation. He goes down, he gets hurt, and he's flipping the bird to his own sideline. Fuck you. And and gets carted off the field. Something like that going on. It could happen with Rodgers, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it could. But no, Rogers is too is too classy for something like that. Though he wouldn't be the one flipping off. The bird. He wouldn't do it in public. No, he wouldn't do it in public. He'd do it. Aaron he, Rodgers is it, very it'd be subtle. A, it'd be a private meeting. It'd be fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is very subtle about how he digs at people. Though he's witty too. Yeah. The the one thing, even though he's a dick and I don't like him, the the one thing, for example, their their team president comes out and says something about how he's an interesting fella or something along those lines. And Rodgers went on live TV with a shirt that says "I'm offended" on it the next day, um, and and maybe people are reading too far into it, but I doubt it. Knowing Aaron Rodgers, he's probably wearing that shirt for just a reason. Petty, just... Yeah, yeah, I'm offended. So there's stuff like that. So here are the big two news stories that we have been, you know, and you and I have been talking about this like for the last couple of days. It happened on Friday. So Devonte Adams he pulls out of his contract extension talks with the Packers. It was very sudden. I was on Friday morning. The two parties are at odds with uh, over contract talks because they didn't include making Adams the highest paid wide receiver in the league. So the Packers don't want to make him the highest paid. So Devontae says, up yours. You're either going to make me the highest paid or I don't want to play here anymore. And so, but, and and I that's part of what I think is happening with the Devontae Adams situation. But here's the other thing. Um, Vegas 
Las Vegas goes out and they, the sports books pull the betting on the NFC North. Um, and apparently a tip has come out saying that Aaron Rodgers is expected to retire within the next week here, um, which turned out to just be a banner day for us Vikings fans. We were just dancing in the streets upon hearing that type of news. But nobody knows. Aaron Rodgers has been very quiet and cagey about it. He hasn't said anything. Um, this is an interesting thing, and it's just gradually unfolding here. Um, the pa- and it's hard to even know what to expect because only a day prior they said that Rodgers was intending on playing one more time. He right. tweets one more time. and Right. It, and now Vegas is to hearing about him retiring, but then, and then his his now fiance is saying, "Oh yeah," and his, and his mother, his soon to be mother in law, is, is saying, "Yeah, he feels disrespected by the team. And he doesn't want to play for this team." And and Rogers is he's been so cagey about this whole thing. He really has. Um, he's been very vague. He's been very cagey. Everybody, nobody knows what the hell this guy is going to do. And maybe he's just having fun with it. Maybe he's just being a troll. Who knows? <laughs> But at the end of the day, this Devontae Adams situation is kind of making me, and and look, let's be real. You want news? You want to know what's about to go on in the sports world? You go to Vegas. You look to Vegas. You ask, you see what Vegas odds are saying. You, you Oh, where's this player going to go? Well, what's Vegas think? Because a lot of times Vegas has the inside scoop. Vegas doesn't lose money. They don't lose. For a reason. And and so you you look to Vegas because because Ve- Las Vegas you're going to get that inside scoop on what the hell is going on in this league and currently right now the Vegas sports books pulled the betting on the NFC North said you can't bid on what's going to happen in the NFC North because we don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to retire or not and maybe it's because they don't know either I, I well <laughs> and that could very well be like, you know what we're not taking the risk. Yeah. We're, NFC North is canceled for betting this year. Yeah, well, and I don't think it's going to be canceled for betting this year until we know what the hell is going on with Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers going to show up to camp? I mean, camp starts up this week. Is he going to show up to camp? Is he going to play? Is he going to retire? And apparently a tip rolled in saying that he's going to retire. And they're expecting him to retire this week. Because there's also a chance, too, that so many people have bet on, say, the Vikings win the North. Right. That they found out that Rodgers is going to play. Like, no, we have so many people betting the Vikings, we, we, we want to make sure that they're locked in because yeah, Rodgers is going to play or something. Right, and that may very we, well be the case. We, we don't know. It's, yeah. This whole thing's been a nightmare shit show. Yeah, and and on top of that, uh, um, this this situation with Rodgers, I mean, it, it affects so much around the league. And to me, I to your point... I still think the Vikings are winning that division, regardless of whether or not Rodgers plays. But yeah, it is very well possible. Yeah. But but uh, Aaron Rodgers is the X factor on that team. But now that we see this stuff going on with Devontae Adams, who knows what the fuck Adams is going to do? Maybe Adams doesn't even know what's going on. Yeah. Well, and I, what I think, to be honest, I think Rodgers talked with Adams and said, "Look, man, I ain't coming back." And Adams said. He, and you remember, early on in the offseason, Adams said, I don't want to play for another quarterback if I'm going to be in Green Bay. I want to pay. I want to play for a different quarterback elsewhere. But if I'm in Green Bay, I'm playing for Aaron Rodgers. That's who I want to play with. Um, Adams suddenly pulls out of it, and then the Vegas Sportsbooks later that evening get that, that type of thing. That rolls in. Huh. All just seems strange. Yeah, yeah. It it's it it all seems pretty connected to me. 
I'm, I'm going to be waiting with bated breath this week to see what this man does. Because if he does retire, oh, Tyler, we're celebrating. He goes to the Bears. Oh, God, I'd cry. But but if he does retire, if he's done, Tyler, we're celebrating. <laughs> this whole, this whole I'm not drinking because I'm trying to get my wife knocked up thing, sorry, honey. Tyler and I are Roger just retired. So Roger's just retired. Tyler and I are celebrating. We're going out for a night on the town. I mean, really, this this is a huge deal. So we're going to find out this week if, if Aaron Rodgers is going to hang might, him up. We might. We might. We might. We could. <laughs> I, well, I, we really, we probably are. I mean, it's either he shows up to camp or he doesn't show up to camp. Maybe I don't. She's going to show up to camp and retire on, yeah. the, on, the, on the eve of week one. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. I'm like, well, remember Andrew Luck did that shit, you know, post-draft. I mean, that that was wrong. A lot of people, you know, like, they, they gave him a, a hard time about it. But rightfully, and people were like, oh, no, he's he was hurt. Da, da, da. Yeah, he was hurt, but the motherfucker knew he was about to be gone. Why would he? No. You, tell your team. Go home. Don't wait until two weeks before the start of the NFL season to retire. Mindless nonsense. But Aaron Rodgers, this saga is, it, it, the plot has thickened here. It definitely has, and we don't know where it's going. Yep, and this this Jordan Love thing, um, you might you might see <laughs> Poor it. Jordan Love's like, I just want to know what's happening. Yeah, I, he's like, am I playing? Am I not? I don't know. Welcome to the Packers in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I guess, yeah. And and just, and, and now, and Rodgers is also, just for the record, he, he's come out and said he wants a brand new contract. And the first two years, he wants to be paid $90 million, fully guaranteed for the first two well, years they, of the contract. They offered him that. And did they offer it to him? Because no, that just, it came out that that's what Packers offered him. He said no. Oh, boy. So it's it's clearly not about money. It's, it's about it's not about, wanting to be in Green Bay. Yeah, it's about the respect at that point. <laughs> yeah, no. They, they, they came out and said, no, the Packers offered him that. Oh. They promised him that his the next two years he would make more than Mahomes. Ugh. Well, I don't. Well, good luck. <laughs> good luck. I mean, he's he wants a brand new deal, but he wants. I mean, it, it, it just not in Green Bay. Yeah, just not in Green Bay. I I think you know if if Green Bay came out and said, all right, we'll give you one ten fully guaranteed. Do you think he would take it? Do you think he'd roll into town for that amount of money? No. You don't think so? I, say, I I think he's done. Just say, hey man, we'll give you fifty five, and I think he would take. Half that to go to a different team. You think so? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I would love to see him in Minnesota. If it's say, <laughs> like, if it's a team that could go win tomorrow, he would. He would. T- he would. He would take like twenty five a year. Yeah. Yeah. If 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 Aaron Rodgers strolled into Minnesota and took them to a bowl, I totally wouldn't be mad. <laughs> I know. I totally wouldn't I be mad. I, I would be, <laughs> go from from celebrating retiring to. Rodgers is my favorite quarterback of all time. <laughs> you, you know what it would be for me? It would be it would be the ultimate like slap in the face to the Green Bay Packers. Well, and Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would. So that's what we're dealing with, and and you know they there have been a lot of. Uh, I know this ain't gonna happen. Okay, I, I get it, but look. There have been a lot of crazy ass reports coming out about how good of friends Aaron Rodgers and Adam Thielen are. All of a sudden, a lot of fucking reports about that, like about how great of pals they are, 
and how they hang out all the time, and how they talk on the phone all the time. They're like almost best friends. Like they're they're pretty tight. So I, I just <laughs> your 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 dream world brains. I, I know, I know, I know. But, but I'm just but that the, those reports and it's been weird. Like because I like you sit on Google and and Google like gives you your like stories of the day and it it, it shows up like Adam Thielen talks about how great of friends even Aaron Rodgers. I, I feel are. Like, like I feel like I, I, with Google you you could find an article that's like verbatim that says. Aaron Rodgers and this guy are best friends. Aaron Rodgers, this guy, like, like yeah, this kind of like Taylor makes that like Aaron Rodgers and Akil Harry are, have been best friends for twenty years. <laughs> and I, I, and I was like, wow, really? Aaron Rodgers and Adam Thielen are really good friends, huh? <laughs> it just kind of, kind of hit me there. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. I would love to see Aaron Rodgers in a Vikings <laughs> uniform. So um, that's all we got for our news stories, uh, Tyler. We've got. Um, we got something coming up here. You got something. I got, something, like I got something a little special for you. We'll do that after the break here. It's it's different, but something to kind of give us some nice, nice fuel. Yeah. For so, going, getting ready to get into preseason here in the next few weeks. Some fuel for the off season. It's around quarterbacks. Oh God. So we're gonna jump into that. We're gonna take a quick break, and uh, we will be back right here uh, on the outside blitz. At it's your time massage. You get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at IYTMassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? And welcome back to Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. And he's here. I am the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. I am here. And uh, Tyler, so you, you've, we, we talked about it a little bit before we, we started recording here today. You've, you've got a spectacular quarterback list for us that we wanted to touch base on. It's, it's based on, what, the 37 quarterbacks? Is that my understanding? So about a month and a half ago, I was bored. Oh, God. And I got a list of all the quarterbacks that could see starts based off benching and moving of quarterbacks. Injury, irrelevant. So I didn't put Patrick Mahomes back up on here. Right. Because he likely won't see a start. Right. But the 80 quarterbacks in Chicago are all on the list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So what I got is a list of 47 quarterbacks. 47. 47. So Holy shit. Some of them will be going through pretty quick. Yeah. Some of them are, are no-brainers. Yeah. And, like I said, this done a month and a half ago, so I'm kind of looking at this again for the first time in a month and a half. So it's, I'm going to be kind of laughing at where my brain was a month month and a half, two months ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, there'll be some like, oh, I would have not put them there now. Yeah. Because things have happened since. Yeah. But we'll just kind of we'll go in there and kind of see what happens. Yep. Because it was kind of like a, a light couple weeks, so kind of a cool little segment. I mean, in a way, you could, you could kind of call this... 
Tyler's top 47? Tyler's top 47. <laughs> <laughs> number 47. Who gets who gets lucky number bottom? Yeah. Blake Bortles. I don't even know where he is. Is he in Philly? He's a... Uh, shit, where is he at right now? <laughs> <laughs> but Bortles has had a very bad career to this point. I mean, he, a long-time career. He's not really done much of anything. No. I mean, since since leaving Jacksonville after after the AFC title yeah, he's, year. He's the third string, technically, if you're counting Rodgers in, in Green Bay. No, boy. Okay. So... He's he's technically sort of moving up the list a little bit, isn't he? At this point, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, granted, granted, this is this is what a month and a half ago, but uh, I mean, now, I mean, given the current circumstances and what we were just talking about, Bortles starting to hit like like thirty four, thirty three. Maybe range. I mean, you got, you're taking like depends you're taking consideration whether it be talent um, based on what they have done, whether whether you think they're going to do, yeah, their relevance, I guess. Uh, well, how how Jordan Love looks. That's, just, That's a big question. Yep. So I mean, there, he he could be up the up the list there a little bit. Forty six, Taylor Heineke. Really that low? Yeah, yeah, that low? yeah. Come on. One game. It's 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 the um, Matt Flynn situation all over again for me. I don't know. I think he goes higher. I think I really do. I think he goes higher. You you look at. Uh, Look, I, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick just as much as the next guy. I know everybody gets gets a lot of love for Fitz Magic there and whatever, but. To me, Taylor Haneke is is just waiting in the wings, waiting to come rolling in there and be that starter and be that guy that they always not wanted. gonna happen. I, not I'm just, gonna happen. I, I think he's better than Fitz Magic right now. I really do. Could be. I think he is. And Fitz Magic got the offense to the playoffs, or damn near two. Yeah. Yeah. Almost did. You're gonna like the next two. Okay. I'll put them both together just because to me they're just grouped together as just shit. Um, forty five and forty four. I got. Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Yeah, so I, I, to be honest with you, I think Justin Fields has is is much higher on that list. I, I think Mac Jones is going to wind up being in the like lower tier, but I think Mac Jones has, is is, is uh, well, Mac Jones, but Justin Fields is much higher up that list than we believe. I don't think Justin Fields is good. I think he's a bust. But I think that that given the quarterback situation in Chicago and what's going on in Chicago right now with Foles and Dalton and all that bullshit, you're going to see Justin Fields start some football games this year. Yeah, but I think he's the worst quarterback of the, of the three there. Just because he's going to be the starter doesn't make him doesn't make him higher in the list. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. But but he, you know, he's he, yeah, okay. You, you know, okay. you, you can see yeah, yeah, I see where you're going. Number forty-three, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, he's had a rough go at things, but but it has a sparkle of greatness at times, of decentness at times. Yeah, yeah, Jacoby Brissett is is a pretty good good quarterback at times. I mean, it, he he did well in the New England system. Um, he was okay in Indy. Um, he's a viable backup. I don't think he's a starter in this league, but he's no. a number two quarterback. 42, Tyrod Taylor. I think you put way too much stock in Tyrod Taylor sometimes. Who's that 42? But but <laughs> even with him being at 42, Tyrod Taylor to me is is always just that overrated quarterback that, that, you know, he came in, he had that one magical moment in Buffalo, and everybody went, ooh, and everybody just thinks he's like, the like he's like the next Josh McCown. He's the journeyman starter that's going to lead us to a fringe playoff team. And it's like, no, he's not. He just he's not. He's not that guy. It showed it in in San Diego or, or L.A. last year, rather. 
It, it showed in, in Houston. It, it shows it, everywhere he's gone. It's shown that he is not the guy. I agree. Yeah, he's just not. Because uh, you don't want to be on under 32 on this list. Yeah. <laughs> that means I don't view as a starter. Well, yeah, you don't want to be under 32 on the list, but there are guys that are going to wind up being those fringe starter type of guys that, I mean, okay. Like Josh McCown, he for a while, Josh McCown was sitting at, like I would say, probably 35 on the list and was like, okay. I'm not mad at that, you know. Like, You're a good backup. Yeah, it's so. I mean, being that that fringe starter, I I wouldn't be mad. Forty-one, Brian Hoyer. Eh, Hoyer. He gets all that love over in New England. There, he really does. He gets a ton of love in New England. I don't even know if he's still there. I think he is. Yes. Um, I I just I see Brian Hoyer as as the kind of guy that he's a good fill-in. He'll always be a good fill-in for like a guy like Bill Belichick. Um, it's sad that he never got the, the big career that he always wanted, you know, because all that bullshit in Cleveland. But Brian Hoyer, you know, I was hoping that I, – I, I thought he was going to be the starter this year, to be honest. He's with a good brain. England. Yeah, he has a good brain. He's smart. Um, I thought he was going to be the starter in, in New England, though, to be honest with you, over Cam, because uh, it didn't look like they were going to draft a quarterback, and then they drafted Mac Jones. And now, you know, everybody says Mac Jones is looking really good in camp. Who knows, you know? Mm, but see. Yeah, I think both him and Justin Fields are busty, bust, bust, bust. I mean, Cleveland also won four games in a row in the preseason and then went 0-16. So that, that, that is fair. That is fair. Top 40. Oh, God. <laughs> Gardner Minshew. I'm probably yeah. being a little unfair. Maybe a little. Yeah. Uh, Minshew, good quarterback. Um, I believe that he is going to be exactly what we just said of Josh McCown was. Like, down the line, Gardner Minshew is going to be a guy that you pick up as a backup. And, and you you're have, pretty happy about it? Yeah, and you're really happy about it. He's a high-end backup. Like, like really high-end. He's he's fringe starter, 33, 34, 35 type quarterback, down, especially down the line. Do I think he's a starter in this league? No, nah, not anymore. Like, it, it was Minshew mania was running wild for a minute there, and everybody got excited, and woohoo, and it's fun, fun, fun. But at the end of the day... Gardner Minshew, I think, is is and the day he couldn't he couldn't get that team rolling. And this, yeah, that's this, this, this exactly what it was. Yep, high end backup when your quarterback goes down and you need a guy to sub in for a couple games, kind of like Matt Moore was over in Kansas yeah. City for for Mahomes. Matt Moore filled in really well for Patrick Mahomes, um, and I think Gardner Minshew is kind of of that same ilk. I'd agree, man. Thirty nine. I, I reluctantly put him this high. Oh, reluctantly, reluctantly. Drew Lock. Oh, uh, you really? You? I, I mean, I know you hate Drew Locke. <laughs> I really know you do. Um, I think I think Locke is much higher than that. Again, very similar to Minshew. Good enough, like journeyman backup, fringe starter type of guy. I would put him more in the 33, 34, 35 range. I don't think he's he's um, an incredible starter these days. I mean, he's. I, I liked Drew Locke coming in when he first came in, but I and I don't think I also don't think Drew Locke is a good fit in Denver. To be that's honest, that's also with you. fair. I, I don't think he's he's ever been a good fit in Denver. Nobody's ever like there's been nothing for him there. Nobody nobody's ever given him a. I mean, even John Elway didn't even fucking like him. Like like he didn't. And John Elway sat there and and held out on him forever. Um, I think Drew Locke with a change of scenery could be better, but we'd have to see. But right now, Drew Locke looks like a like, you know, a high end backup type dude. Thirty eight, hasn't seen a start, but they so some of the guys. But uh, Jordan Love, yuck. I think he's trash. 
I think he's a bust. Um, I think a lot of people put a lot of stock in Jordan Love, and I just don't. And I think it shows the Packers aren't uh, um, the Packers aren't sold on him. And you can tell the Packers aren't sold on him, given they're the, pleading for Rodgers to still be there. If they, right? If they thought they had gold in a bottle, like say they like Mahomes or even Rodgers formally, right? They'd be like, you know what? Fine, we'll trade you. We'll get our first rounder. We'll move on. If you can save thirty-five million on the cap, or thirty million, or however much Rodgers is getting paid, it's in the thirties. If you can save thirty-five million on your cap, and you have a quarterback that's not getting paid diddly shit, because he's not, he's getting paid a rookie deal. So he's getting paid under $10 million. So you got this rookie that's getting paid a rookie contract, and you could go out and take that $35 million worth of savings, get yourself a couple of first-round draft picks, because you're going to get two. The guy's coming off in a league MVP season, and uh, Rodgers is. And, and you can get those two first-round draft picks, save yourself the $35 million, and then go out and get yourself a high-end receiver, a high-end player. I mean... Wouldn't you take that if you felt like Jordan Love was ready? 100%. And I don't think Jordan Love is ready. I think Jordan Love is much lower on that list than you've got him. And I think Green Bay has, has kind of shown their hand in that situation. They've said, like, here, you know, this is this is what it is. Like, We don't believe that this guy is the real deal in spite of the cap savings because they are saving a ton of cap by dumping Rodgers and keeping Jordan Love on as their quarterback. So... I don't think he should be as high on that list. Your mind, I think, was was kind of in the gutter a, a, a month a <laughs> month and a half ago but with that one. But you know, ultimately, I but, still, but again, it's still we're still at a not very high part on this list. Right. Too, I, I think I think he should be you know kind of in Mac Jones territory right now with that forty five mark that you got Mac Jones in thirty seven, former Super Bowl champion Nick Foles. Ugh. I think Nick Foles he had he had a magical ride. Um, with Philly, but we got to remember what Nick Foles did in Philly. Nick Foles didn't go through a whole season in Philly. Nick Foles came trotting onto the field after Carson Wentz did all the heavy lifting, and then Nick Foles just had to squeak his way into a Super Bowl. Yeah, because they were already in the playoffs at that point. Right, Carson he, he, Wentz. He spent a couple weeks just to kind of get himself right in the groove. So, and and you know, Foles, I, I think he's overrated. I've always thought he was overrated. I think he's going to have a, and he already did have a really bad time in Jacksonville, and he had a bad time in Chicago. And now I think he's going to have a bad time again. I think Andy Dalton comes in as a starter, and then they're going to go to Foles, and then they're going to go to Fields, and they're just going to have a bad year. But, um, yeah, Nick Foles, I, I think you got him about right. High-end backup again, just, just one of those type of guys. And, and there are a good amount of high-end backups. There's there's a probably about, I would probably say, eight or nine high-end backups that you can really pay mm-hmm. good money for, and he's on that list. And and I remember part of this, too, was like I'm making – I'm forced to make predictions with people, too, because part of it's like what you've done and what I think you're going to do and right. stuff like that. So Because you got, you got rookies that are, they have to get ranked, too. Yeah. And so this comes into prediction territory. At 36, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G has uh, – 36, I think, is about right. He hasn't shown that he can be a... a, Yeah, he went to a bowl, and I get it. People were really excited. But how much of that was Jimmy G and how much... This this is the same discussion we have about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, or we were having about Tom Brady and Bill Mm -hmm. Belichick for a long time. How much of it was Brady and how much of it was was Bill Belichick's scheme? Now we're talking how much of it was Jimmy G and how much of it was the 49ers' scheme. They run a lot of trick plays and gadget plays and things like that. They have a, a run-heavy team, and they've got a great defense over there. Jimmy G has a lot of pieces around him that make him look a lot more successful 
then he's actually yeah, absolutely the and, defense in particular. Yeah, and it, that's one of those things where, yeah, I don't I don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo, and and I think he got him about right. I I, I mean, if we were to put him in starter territory, which I I think maybe maybe, and I, I that's all I'm I'm going to give it maybe because of his injury proneness. That's kind of what kind of sinks him out of it. But maybe I would put him like. 30 31 mm-hmm. but but i mean like he's he's kind of in that really low end starter area 35 to a tagavola to a i know it's fucking name is irritating i know um to a tagavola uh, so tua is is uh he did not look good when fitzpatrick got pulled as they were 6 and 3 and he, that's actually i'm making sure i'm right um he's actually the first rumored starter well, Jimmy G. Jimmy, Jimmy G and two are my two first rumored starters to make on the list, and they're both under 32. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Tua is is a good uh, – he, he, was, he was good to fill in there for a minute, but I don't think he was as good as Ryan Fitzpatrick was last year. Granted, he was a rookie, and rookies always have a lot of these, these silly quirks. Now, he's an Alabama quarterback. We know Alabama notoriously doesn't produce good quarterbacks. It's. I want to see if there's going to be a sophomore slump or if there's going to be a learning situation here, given that there's a camp now. For a guy that didn't have a camp, that sat behind Ryan Fitzpatrick for nine games, he came in and he didn't look bad. I would agree. He didn't look bad. Um, I want to see if he becomes like a legit starter. Let's, let's find out. 34, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think that's high. <laughs> I really do. I think Jalen Hurts is overrated. Um, I think he's been overrated since he came to the league. The numbers show it. He had a lot of weapons at his disposal here in Philadelphia. Um, he, and maybe, like Tua, he kind of turns it around with a full training camp. And stuff yeah, like he that, could. But. He could. We'll, we'll see that. But I think I think he's much lower on that list. You're probably talking about, you know, right up about where Brian Hoyer was. Uh, he's... he's um, you know, he you got to put him in that forty range. He's just he's not that good. He's just not. I I found him to be. Everybody gets really excited about these Ohio State quarterbacks when they come out, and a lot of these Ohio State quarterbacks have, and a lot of these Oklahoma quarterbacks. You know, you hear these the, the guys like Jalen Hurts. He's he's not going to make it. Right. I, you know, I can guarantee he's not going to make it. And the last of the uh, non-starters, so thirty-three yep. down, thirty-three Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's about right. High end backup. You know, he's proven he can be a starter. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of where it's at. I think you've got him perfect. You got him pegged. Thirty-two. Taysom Hill. I think Taysom Hill is more of a starter than Jameis Winston is, and Jameis is set to start for the Saints. I think Taysom Hill should be the starter on that team. He understands. It's very clear to me that Taysom Hill understands the playbook. But can he do it for a whole season at a high level? I think he can. And and I think it's clear that Taysom Hill, he's he understands the playbook and and has a brain for it far more than a lot of his teammates. Taysom Hill understands where he needs to be at all times. Like, he doesn't screw up. When Taysom Hill gets the ball, it's something special. Uh, I, I think he, he should be a starter. I, I think he should be overtaking Jameis Winston. He should be the starting quarterback for the Saints. And I think that's what you're going to see this upcoming season. 
Jameis Winston, I don't buy him, and I haven't bought him since he threw all those picks, and him and Fitzpatrick had that battle. It was just ugly. I don't buy him. Um, so I, I think Taysom Hill, You, I think he's a starter. Wherever you got Jameis, if you have Jameis on there, I'm not sure if you do have Jameis on, on there, there, but he should be above Jameis. And you might want to flip-flop the two because I think he's the better quarterback. Number 30, Jameis Winston. Yep, yep. <laughs> For 31, I'm sorry. 31. So, so yeah, that's you got to flip flop them. I, I think I think Taysom is the better of the two. Which gives me number number 30, Andy Dalton. Oh, Andy, Andy Dalton goes to sh- to the Cowboys. He he wasn't bad last year. I'm not gonna say he was good, but he he was lower end starter for the Cowboys, especially coming off the bench. Um, no training camp. I mean, he made it work. We'll see now that he's got a training camp with this new team in Chicago. He's set to be the starter. I do think he's better than Foles. I do think he's far better than Justin Fields. Um, I'm surprised with, and and it's not me being, I want to just point out, I'm going to put a pause on this real quick. You have Justin Fields and Mac Jones on that list. I'm actually surprised that there's a quarterback that you left off of that list that is better than Justin Fields and Mac Jones, and it's not just me being a homer. Um and, and that's a Kellen Mond. I think Kellen Mond is better than the two of them. I just want to throw that out there. I didn't include it because he'd be fourth in that list when it comes down to at the end of the day they're in Chicago. In, what? No, Kellen Mond in Minnesota. The, back, the backup quarterback, Kirk Cousins. But he's not going to play. Do you think he would? I think he can. If Kirk Cousins goes out and throws out 15 interceptions he's like not he going last to. year. Kirk Cousins is going to get benched. You don't think so? No. Mm, ballsy. Uh, well... I, I, if Kirk Cousins has a start like he does this last year, he's the fourth best quarterback last year. Do you see him for the first six games? Doesn't matter. Oh, it matters when you get to a one and five start. It matters. <laughs> okay, I assure you, it matters. Um, but anyway, back to to Dalton here. He he did he did his job in in Dallas to the best of his ability. Um, was he great? No, but he didn't have a, a mini camp. He was brand new to that system, coming off the bench. Dak Prescott is is you know, those are big shoes to fill. I think he's going to come into Chicago. He'll be better than than what he was in Dallas. He's definitely the starter out of the three. I mean, he's definitely the starter. Um, I think in order you've got them correct. Absolutely, Andy Dalton, Foles, then Fields. Um, but ultimately, yeah, he's he's a low end starter, very low end right now. Twenty nine, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Um, you know, ballsy. He's the better of the two quarterbacks in Philly. Ballsy. Um, I, I think he's the better of the two in Philly. Uh, I think Joe has he declined. Came, yeah, he declined. He came in at one point last year for the Jets, though, and had a pretty decent time, mm-hmm. didn't he? So I, yeah, I like. I'm okay with it. I think he understands NFL football a lot better than a lot of these young quarterbacks coming in. For as long as he's been in the league, he's got a brain for it, and I think it shows. That's that's one thing that's currently setting Joe Flacco apart from a lot of these young quarterbacks that are coming in the league, is he's been around for such a long time that he goes, oh, I can use my brain here and and make make you know the proper calls and stuff like that. So he's still got a, a little bit left in the tank, I think. And I, you know, I think he winds up with the starting position over there in Philly. 28 and 27, I'm going I'm to group them both together mm-hmm. in order from higher to lower. I got Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. So Lance and Wilson... Um, Here's the thing about about 
I, I you you believe that Trey Lance is going to be better than Zach Wilson. Um, I'm, because of where they're at. Yeah, mostly. I'm I'm inclined to agree with you based on where they're at. Um, I think Zach Wilson could be the catalyst that turns the Jets franchise around. He's such a smart kid, and he he can throw on the move, and he he was just so good um, coming out of the uh, out of you know uh, BYU there. Exciting kid. His mom's a distraction all, oh, all sure. together. Um, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Trey Lance, Jimmy G. The the two of them are going to be battling for that that starting spot, and I've already made my bold prediction that Jimmy G is going to wind up getting benched by the trade deadline, and Trey Lance is going to come in, take that starting job, and he ain't going to look back. Um, so I I think Trey Lance is higher than Zach Wilson, um, but I think he got them both about right because they are rookies, and you don't know what they're doing. One low end starters, yep, I can prove it. Low end starters, you got to prove it deal, and then on top of it, one of them is technically a, a high end backup right mm-hmm. now. So. Number 26, Sam Darnold. Darnold coming into a new system. A lot of this, obviously, he's high because I, I, I'm predicting he's going to have a better yeah. season. You you think he's going to start moving up a little bit. Yeah. Um, better system, different system, different team, different coach. Better offense. Better offense, better offensive line. Um, this could be a good situation for him. But... You know, you know what's going to be the catalyst for him. You know what's really going to help him. Christian McCaffrey. Yes, that is the 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 end all be all right there. Is is this is what's going to save him and turn him into the better quarterback that that we want him to be and we expect him to be. Christian McCaffrey, CMC all day. Number 20, 25, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is one of those guys, and he's I think. He's got from from season number one to season number two, he got better. Mm-hmm. He did. I whether or not we we like him, whether or not we buy Daniel Jones, whether or not we believe in Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones got better. It, it, and there was a certain thing about Daniel Jones where you could tell that the rest of the New York Giants were were rallying around him. Um, whether it was that that. Crazy ass ninety fucking yard run where he tripped over himself or however far it was where he tripped over himself before he made it to the end zone. But man, that was a hell of a run. And the fact that he took off the way he did and he was just like, "Fine, I'm going to make this play myself and I'm going to fucking do it." And he just tore it up. Daniel Jones made some plays for that team last year. Whether we like it or not, he made some plays for that team that that showed that he's a he's a viable starter. Whether it is a low-end starter currently, but he's getting better and better and better. And, you know, it's funny that the Manning brothers were so high on him because of the fact that he's starting to have that Manning trajectory, that gradual getting better and better and better and better. We're seeing it now. It's it's wild. So, I, I mean, I think you got him about right, but don't be surprised this time next year if we're talking about him being in the Top teams. 15. Yeah. Don't be surprised. He's got the team for it. They getting Galladay is gonna be a big help. There. That's a getting big Barkley group. back's gonna be a big help there. Think think about the players that they have coming back and the players they have on that team now. Plus with a minicamp, you still have Darius Slayton over there, who everybody seems to overlook. Mm-hmm. That guy was great for him last year. You got Saquon. You're gonna have Kenny Galladay. I mean, there's some. Now you got Kyle Rudolph, and you got a scary team. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram. Kyle Rudolph, yeah, he's coming off a of surgery, but he's not that injury prone. Evan Ingram is, but Evan Ingram, when he's on that field, is a, a very good pass catcher. Suddenly, they have this vertical offense thing going on. 
So he's going to have himself a, a plethora of weapons, and it's going to be fun to watch. But he's also, we're getting to the point where he has no excuse but to play well. Right, there is no excuse for Daniel Jones. 24, Marcus Mariota. Oh, Mariota. Um, I don't think he's higher than Jones. He played well when he came in for uh, Oakland, or, well, Vegas. or Vegas. I just, I'm so stuck in the past, can you tell? <laughs> Um, he's when he came in for Vegas last year, he was he was good, and he always played fairly well in Tennessee too. He yeah. went to the playoffs once. And... Yeah, he had a playoff uh, deal. I I like Mariota um, as a high end backup. I don't know that he's as high as you got him, but I like him as a high end backup. I I think he's probably that thirty three, thirty four, thirty five range right now. Um, but he, he could wind up as a starter at some point here. Um, if Derek Carr goes down, which mm-hmm. which has happened a couple of times in the last couple of seasons, where Derek Carr never, never for long, but not for long. It's a couple of game stretch where you know Mariota's got to trot onto the field and do his thing. So we've seen it. So we're, we're we could see it this year. Twenty three, Trevor Lawrence, last of the rooks. He's the highest ranked rookie. Um, I think he's got a hell of an arm. I think he's going to wind up just blowing up out there in Jacksonville. They they still have some pieces to put in place. I think over time this is going to be a low ranking for him, but it's it's I couldn't warrant putting rookie in the top twenty without playing an NFL game. Yeah, a lot of people believe that he is the second coming, and and we're going to see, we're going to find out. Uh, I I think Trevor Lawrence, you're going to have to get him some more weapons over there. That's one thing that Jacksonville is surely lacking is is in the receiver department. Yes, they they are lacking, and and he doesn't have that. And at the tight end department, if you think Tim Tebow is going to be his number one tight end, I think you're dead wrong. Um, he needs tight ends, he needs receivers, he needs weapons, and over time he's going to get those, and that's going to make him better. But you, you're going to have to go out and draft one, and then you're going to have to go in free agency and pick up a big one, and then you're going to see how it goes. If Devontae Adams becomes available, Jacksonville could be looking at Devontae Adams. And it wouldn't surprise me if Tony Khan goes out and makes that move. Maybe even Allen Robinson. Yeah, you could see that. Yeah, a return for Allen Robinson to Jacksonville. A better quarterback? Wouldn't that be something? It's happened in the past, but not very often. It, it has happened. And Allen Robinson is probably kicking himself right now be that he's still in Chicago on that franchise tag mm-hmm. in a place that he doesn't want to be. 22, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, Teddy is... Um, I do think he's better than Drew Locke right now. It's looking like he's going to wind up being the starter over there in, in Denver. Um, a lot of people still seem to think it's Locke. I think it's going to wind up being Teddy. There is a battle going on over there. Teddy's a good quarterback. Um, he has yet to prove. I mean, he had a good time over there in, in Carolina. It was looking like he he had a pretty decent time. But uh, I, I want to see if Teddy Bridgewater can do it for for a whole sixteen games with Denver. I, and he's got more. I think he's got more weapons over there in Denver really than they had in Carolina. Well, he did the. You didn't have McCaffrey. You didn't have one. CMC, yeah. But you did have a good receiving core. But the problem is, is they were putting up points is the defense just couldn't keep the points off the board. It wasn't right. exactly Bridgewater or the offense's fault. Which is something you don't really hear very often from Carolina. I know. It's very surprising. Because you had Moore. You had Samuel. You had Anderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he did have a good receiving group over there. And they did well. Just and the defense sucked. Now going over, do you think, I don't know if Drew Locke is is the, the legitimate leader over there in, in Denver. And I think Teddy could wind up being that legit leader. Could be. And and that might be what the team's going to rally around. I mean, he is a little bit older than Drew Locke. He's pushing what, he's pushing 30 now. I think he's 28 or 29 at this point. Um. I want to see if he can pull it off, Jerry, Judy, and company there. Mm-hmm. You know, they, getting and, Sutton back. Yeah, yeah, Cortland Sutton will be there, and they've they've got Noah Fant over there at tight end, and they, I mean, 
And they've got, let's see if Melvin Gordon can get going. Well, we're going to find out and see if he can pull off that starting move and be the guy. 21, Cam Newton. I think this is high for him right now. I think Cam looked absolutely miserable last year. I think he looked worse than Teddy last year. I think Cam is going to be the starter in New England, but I don't think it's going to be for long. And I think you're going to see Mac Jones come trotting out of that field at some point. I think Cam's done. I think he's washed up. He's banged up. He's tired. And I think he's too too you know interested in looking like he raided his grandmother's closet than than uh, <laughs> you know taking the field and playing some good football. Um, he did not fit well in the Belichick system last year. He is not a good fit. It's just what it is. He is not a good fit in that system. He's old. He's banged up. No, send him, send him packing. Let him go somewhere else. Let him go be a backup for Lamar. I'm sure you wouldn't, miss, you wouldn't mind that as a backup. I'd be good um, with that. But he, he is not at this juncture in time. He is not going to wind up being a starter in this league, particularly in New England. Top twenty, mm-hmm. number twenty, not number one. <laughs> Derek Carr. Oh God. <laughs> so I want to point out. The fact that that somebody actually made Derek Carr their one of their number one or top three, top three, some their three people may have made him their top three quarterback in the league. Silly bullshit. Let's just. Start I like Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr a lot. Not top three good or top ten good. Or... To be fair, to be fair to Derek Carr, he doesn't have dick for receivers out no. there. He really doesn't. If you and when they selected Henry Ruggs, I was like, hey, what? what he, he had one. They sent him off. to... Dallas. Yeah, they sent Amari Cooper off to Dallas. I mean, if you had kept Amari Cooper and then you you selected a guy like Henry Ruggs, I'd be like, hey, That'd good job, guys. All right. No, but no, you you look at this situation with, with Derek Carr. He gets him to 8-8, eight and eight, but he doesn't have enough weapons to get them further than that. And and they're not doing anything to help him in the situation. Just, they're just getting rid of people. Yeah, they're just getting rid of his whole offensive line <laughs> that was top five last year. I mean, like, what are we doing here? This is this is typical John so Gruden. Middle bullshit. of the year is going to be. You know what? We we would do a lot better. We just need a better pass protection. Yeah. No. No. You know, it's, he's not. He's going to ignore that. It's, really, <laughs> it's all about that pass rush, guys. We need another defensive end. Like you don't fuck off, John Gruden. Like keep the guys' offensive line intact, and and get him some fucking weapons, man. Derek Carr would be. And I remember like a while back, years ago. People laughed at me when, when Derek Carr got drafted in the second round. I said, you watch that kid. He's going to be something special. And he came out, and he had like an MVP caliber season. And everybody and people thought I told me I was nuts. I was sitting at a wedding talking football with these guys, and I said, Derek Carr's going to be something special. And a bunch of them started laughing at me. Oh, you're funny. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Next fucking season, Derek Carr has an MVP caliber season. And I'm just like, who the fuck's laughing now? <laughs> you know? But here we are, Derek Carr. He doesn't have the weapons. Could he be great? Yeah, I think he gets the NFL. But if you take Derek Carr and you put him, say, with the Vikings, you say you put him with Baltimore, you you put him in these teams that have something set up that or have even a coach weapons. that knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah, you you move him to to New Orleans. If you could you imagine Derek Carr in New Orleans? Shit. He'd have a great year. You move Derek Carr to Tennessee, New England. New England. Give him Belichick. Hell yeah, Derek Carr would be having a great time. I think Derek Carr is in a bad situation. He got a good contract in Vegas, but he's in a bad situation, mm-hmm. and they need to take him. Somebody needs to come in and say, hey, I want that guy because he's a good quarterback. He just needs the weapons. I think he's about right on your list currently, but had he had the weapons, it would be a different story. Now, to be fair, he needs if he wanted to be higher, he needed to be able to be like an Aaron Rodgers or something and elevate his team. Yes. Because Rodgers elevates his team. 
There are there are quarterbacks that do that. Mahomes elevates his team. There are quarterbacks that are capable of doing that. And Derek Carr's in that big group of people that are just kind of system guys. Bingo. He's an Alex Smith. Number 19, Carson Wentz. I think Wentz is going to... This is going to be a telling season for Wentz. And I just want to point out, like, just going through this, like, just looking at everything else, like, we're kind of the deepest at quarterback we've been in a long time. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of good quarterbacks playing right now. A lot of good quarterbacks playing, and there's a lot of high-end backups. Mm-hmm. There's a stupid amount of high-end backups. You don't, like, you, a couple years back, we weren't talking about a lot of high-end backups. No. This guy, there's a lot of, there's about 10 high-end backups out there that you'll be paying about $4 million for. And I, and I bet you there's another five to six that are also high-end backups that we just don't realize are yet. Yep. And and really, if, if you look, and I say four, and that's that's being like low ball. If you think about it, Andy Dalton got picked up last year for one year, seven mil. So I, I mean, can started for one million. Yeah. So to, I, so did Teddy Bridgewater. Right. So I mean, you you got some some backups that are that are high end backups that are getting picked up for four, five, six, seven million. I mean, but they're high end backups and they could be starters. Now, um, so I, I'm sorry, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Carson. You know, it's going to be a telling season for him. I don't know that. I don't know that the Colts have the weapons that Philly did through their stretch of really great seasons. Does that make sense? They kind of do, though. I mean, you got you got Pittman, you got you got a, a Ty. Ty who finally got back into his groove. I, you got Jonathan Taylor. I want to see if if this was just a hot streak for Ty, or if Ty was just like, you know, if if it was if it was an anomaly or if it was a real thing. I want to know. Mm-hmm. Um. I like T.Y. Hilton, but I don't know if it was the real thing. I think Pittman's good, but Pittman hasn't shown he can be a number one, I don't think. I think he's he's a, uh, a good number two over there. there. Uh, if you look at what Philly had for a long time, I mean, with Jackson and Elshon Jeffrey and all those guys that were so great. And granted, last year Elshon Jeffrey sat out a majority of the season because he was hurt. But... If you look at like the players that they had at receiver over there for a long time, the Jordan Matthews and all the, I mean, they had a lot of high end players for Wentz for that specific period. I want to know how he does it. I want to know how he fits in. Um, I want to see if if uh, and they had Legarrette Blunt there for a minute mm-hmm. for that Super Bowl run. I want to see if he can pull it off with the same squad, I think. And, and I want to see how their system fits Carson Wentz. I don't know that Carson Wentz is going to be the leader that Phillip Rivers was. Nobody nobody leads like Phillip Rivers does. Phillip Rivers calling out a linebacker for being in the wrong place and re- being correct about it <laughs> on the opposite team is insanity to me. It was funny. I, that's why I loved Phillip Rivers so much. Um, but I want to see, I want to find out. What the real what the real deal is uh, with Carson Wentz, and we're going to find out if he's the real thing. Number eighteen, Joe Burrow. I think that's high. I really do. Uh, Joe Burrow. Everybody is talking about Joe Burrow as if he is like an amazing, amazing quarterback. He did not play well before he went down. He didn't. He didn't play well. The numbers don't lie. He did not play well. People are talking about, and I understand he's playing in Cincinnati, and I understand and he's playing with no training camp. Yep, and I understand he had no training camp, and I understand now he's got Jamar Chase. And is he going to be better? Sure, I'm I'm about a million percent positive that he's going to be sure better. Okay, and I'm sure I'm pretty sure on that. But Joe Burrow did not play well last year. 
whether or not people want to accept it or whether or not they don't, and you got all these people touting him. You had one guy come out this week and say, oh, a, a Mitchell Schwartz, or not Mitchell Schwartz, uh, fuck, I forgot who, but so, uh, an offensive lineman, he came out and said, oh, he's like the, the a mini Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know, I for your sake, I hope he is. But to me, Joe Burrow didn't play well last year. Now, uh, do I like Joe Burrow? Yeah, I like Joe Burrow. I thought he was a good quarterback in college. I thought he had a hell of a run. I think part of it, though, for me, is like this year, I, I think he will be a top 20 quarterback. So I think I got him pegged right, right about in the top 20. I don't think he's going to be top 20. I think he's going to be just outside of the top 20. I still think he's got a ways to go. Is Cincinnati improved? Sure. But I don't know if he's going to be a top 20 quarterback. He did not play well. He didn't read defense as well. I think he had 10 picks last year. He didn't play well. Um, I, and I, I hope Joe Burrow does better, not in week one, but I hope he does better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, he can do good for 16 weeks, not 17. Yeah, exactly. Week one, you, you flounder. Okay. The rest of the season, I don't give a shit what you do, but, um, yeah, this, this is one of those situations where I, I, is Burrow going to be better? Yes. Is he going to be 21, 22? Probably. Um, but I don't see him being in the teens there. Number 17, Big Ben. Eh. Um, I think he's on the decline, but I think he got him pegged right. Um, maybe a spot or two lower. The elbow is a big... He's he's acting like, oh, I'm fine. You know, my elbow's great. Shut up, Ben. There's a reason why your number one receiver was at the line of scrimmage every play. Right. Because you needed him there for trust because you couldn't get it any, any deeper than that. Exactly. He had, he had nothing. He had nothing. And... and Ben Ben has no arm strength. He's he's just not capable of doing it anymore. Um, he's not the same Big Ben. And you you looked at how they, everybody was talking. Oh, they went eleven and zero to start the season. They didn't play anybody good. Look at the last set of games. Yeah. Look at look at who they took on at the end of the season versus the beginning of the season. They didn't beat anybody good. And now they have one of the hardest uh, hardest schedules in football this year. Yep. And we're going to see if he's if he's the real thing. We're going to see if the if the Steelers are the real thing because if if Big Ben does not perform, I'm going to be like, ha, told you. Uh, and I Not think left my way all the way home. Yep, that's it. I I don't think the Steelers are are going to be and particularly Ben. I don't think they're going to be anything special this year. Number sixteen, Ryan Tannehill. You got him about right. I think that's about right where he needs to be. It gets tough now. Yeah, Tannehill is. Um, he had such a hard time in Miami. But even then, he still went to the playoffs yeah, twice with them. Yeah, and he, he still did okay. And then coming in, I think he he winds up on a Tennessee team that has a good defense, and they've got a good amount of offensive weapons, and Derrick Henry is just awesome. Their, their uh, uh, wide receiver crew is, is now something to behold. I mean, it was already something to mm-hmm. behold last year, but now it really is something to behold. Last year, you, you were walking around with Davis and, and uh, Brown. Now you got Julio and Brown. This is going to be a whole different animal. I think I think this could be a year where Tannehill puts up like career numbers. Um, yeah, you got him about right. Is he? A, he's a system guy. Is he one of those guys that elevates his team? Nah, I don't think so. But great system guy, great time manager, great game managing type quarterback. He is Alex Smith to a T right now. To yes. the nine. Yes, that's what he is. Hundred percent. He is Alex Smith to the nine. And and that's what they needed. 
They didn't need anything spectacular over there. You needed a mediocre quarterback like Ryan Tannehill, a middle-of-the-road guy. He's not a high-end starter. He's a middle-of-the-road starter. And that's who's, it. You need one who's consistent enough. Exactly. You, you needed more consistent than, than Mariota. Bingo. And that's what they got. And, and it's perfect. It works perfect. Because the guy, he gets it done. It's, just, it's a beautiful system. It was it, it was the right move for both parties. Yep, and you got all your... I still, I still do one of these when I won the bet with you. Daniel uh, <laughs> Mariota. The, 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 um, the big thing about the, the Titans situation right now is they have all their skill positions are filled with glorious players. And I think Tannehill, like, I could go out there and play with those skill positions. Like, that's how good the skill positions are. So Tannehill, as a game manager, is great. you got to peg perfect. Top 15. Number 15, Jared Goff. Goff is going to have a hard time in Detroit. He will. But I, I couldn't warrant putting him any lower <clears throat> than, like, the late teens because he's never been lower than the late teens. He's always been a consistently pretty good quarterback. I think he's higher than where he should be going into this season. I think he's uh, going to be low teens. And it's based on the fact that they don't have... The, the, the best thing about Detroit right now, which I never thought I'd ever fucking say, is their offensive line. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing about Detroit right now. Is, is they have one of the top offensive lines in the game currently. Looking at, at the players they have, and you just signed your, your all-pro top five center... To, to a, a multi-year contract, which we never saw that coming. Because for the first couple of years, he stunk. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And and now you sign your all-pro center now. Because he the, the last year or two, he came on. and um, But they have no receivers. They have nothing. Who's your number one? Tyrell Williams? Bashad Perriman? That, those are your big guys. Come on now. They, they need something. Currently... Their number one pass catcher is T.J. Hawkinson. And it's a good opportunity for St. Brown to come and make make himself a player. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity. If Amon Ross St. Brown blows up, okay, then then we're seeing Detroit do something special. And he'll get the opportunity to do so because Perriman's Perriman, and you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're trusting Tyrell Williams as your uh, as your guy, and he's not a number one. Now, to be fair to Bashad Perriman, Perriman did. You know, as a, a number one, good he, he had some good games when they brought him in as a number one receiver. So I want to see what, what a guy like Jared Goff could do. Um, he knows how to throw to running backs. They have DeAndre Swift, who's actually a, a good pass catcher in spite of a dropped you know, touchdown that could have won him the game and all that bullshit. Let's be real. Yeah, he's still a good pass. You're one play. You can't yeah. shun the guy. He's, he's still a good pass catching running back. Um, there, to me, Goff, I, like I said, I think he's high because they don't have the weapons. We'll see what St. Brown does. I think late teens is about where I would put him, probably 19. 18, somewhere in that range. But, uh, yeah, Goff is going to have himself a, a fun time over there in Detroit just until they give him a real weapon. I'm assuming, my assumption is going into next season, they're going to draft a high-end, high-caliber receiver. More than likely. Yeah. Number 14, Justin Herbert. I think that's low, to be honest with you. I think that's low. And very well could be. Yeah, I, I think Herbert, uh, going 7-9 and nine last year, with a team that was questionable as a rookie, no mini camp, going seven and nine, he put up great numbers. Um, should he have won the offensive MVP or offensive rookie of the year? No, it should have been Justin Jefferson all day. And that's not me being a homer; that's just me being legit. But um, Justin Herbert played well as a quarterback. I, I, I 
I think he's going to wind up being uh, top 10 this year. I, I think, do, too. I think he's going to wind up being top 10. I pegged this guy eventually to be the guy that takes the Chargers to the promised land and, and gets them that Lombardi trophy that has eluded them for all these years mm-hmm. at some point in time. I really believe in Justin Herbert. When he balked on being the number one overall pick to stick around in Oregon for, or, or, Oregon, Oregon for a year to play for the Ducks for his senior year, I question that decision. Um, I still do. I believe that this guy is the real deal. And you remember me saying this guy mm-hmm. is the real deal all that time. And then when he balked on it, it was like, oh, my God, this guy crazy. Tyler, he's the real fucking deal. And I, I agree. Was, and I was never wrong about him. I, I kept, I stuck to my guns with that. I'm sticking to him now. I think this guy wins a Super Bowl. I really do. At least one. I think he wins a Super Bowl. And, and he's he's going to be something really special in this league. One of the big duels you're going to be seeing, one of the big quarterback duels, is you're going to be seeing like Mahomes and Herbert. And how exciting is that fucking thing? Like, not just for fans of the Chargers and fans of the Chiefs. That's for an NFL fan. Yes. For a fucking Monday night game. You, like, could you imagine that? Monday night football, Herbert versus Mahomes. I'm, I'm picturing... Kind of what kind of what we saw last year with Baker and Lamar. Yeah, like, you're gonna you're gonna see that shit, and you're gonna you know like the the big quarterback duels were always like Manning and Brady. This is gonna, it's always better when it's division. It's always better when it's division, and it's always better when it's twice a year, and you get yep. to see these guys just duke it out. It's just funner than hell. I think Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes are gonna be fucking fist fighting right to the end, and I really think that Justin Herbert at some point in time is gonna be in that Super Bowl. You watch. Number 13, Dak Prescott. Dak is, um, I think he got him pegged right because he's coming off the injury. Dak played well last year. The offense wasn't the problem no. when Dak was in. When he, they, they were like 1-5 or 1-4 with the best offense in football at the time. Like, yeah. Like what, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's my thing. They, they scored so many points. Um, I think you're going to see the Cowboys take the division this year. But but and it's going to be Dak Prescott, you know, throwing the ball all over the place. The, the Cowboys, everybody's kind of questioning where Dak is because he had his foot turned on backwards last year. But you know, I think Dak Prescott, he's gonna he's gonna wind up tearing it up again. They haven't done anything to fix their defense though. No, they really haven't, and that's gonna it's gonna be that looming problem. It's it, oh, we got to put up fifty points a game to win, and I don't know that Dak is capable of that. So there's questions there. And and a lot of the defensive players on their team have declined because they haven't done things to fix their defense. Like, for example, we talked about it last show, Leighton Vanderesh. His his uh his uh, PFF grade went down significantly last year. I mean, dropped to the doldrums. I mean, he's in the fucking basement, man. Mm-hmm. And and it's because Leighton Vanderesh hasn't been allowed to do what he needs to do. That defense is going to kill Dak Prescott. It really is. Number 12, Baker Mayfield. I think it's a little high. I think Mayfield came on late. He he really did come on late last year. It was strange. It was it was one of those like hot moments that you never thought you'd see out of a guy like Baker Mayfield where he just but because of the come on late, I can't put him in the, in the top 10. I, I can't think put he him. played so hot that I can't drop him into 15 either. I, I would probably put him around the 15 mark. I, I mean because he's so hit or miss. There's those really hot moments for Baker where it's like, wow, look at him go. And then there's those moments where Baker can't score a touchdown. 
Um, I think OBJ is actually a bad thing for him over there, to be honest, because as soon as OBJ went down, mm-hmm. Landry was the guy that came alive. And, and Landry and you got Higgins, and you got Peoples-Jones kind of right. coming. He he was forced to spread. It's very Matt stafford Yes. It, after, it really after is. Calvin after Calvin. And went. not that Calvin was a cancer, but no. it was just he used it as a security blanket too much. But right. OBJ is more of a cancer. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it is. And OBJ, I mean, he did use Odell as a as a, uh, a safety blanket in a way, in spite of the fact that he was double covered and whatever the case may be. Landry wasn't getting the touches that Landry needed. You didn't need Odell Beckham to be something special over there. You had Peoples-Jones, and you had Higgins over there. You had all these guys that you could throw the football to. If Baker's spreading the ball out, Baker's doing well. Yes. So, I mean, ultimately, I mean, I would put him closer to 15, but it's just the, the hit-or-miss thing. Yeah. It's the hit-or-miss thing. I would like to see consistency from Baker Mayfield. Number 11, just outside the top 10. That's what that, that's mostly because of all the stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Should uh, be higher. Should be higher. Deshaun's one of the, the best quarterbacks in the league. The problem with Deshaun is just all of the off-the-field bullshit and the stuff about and him wanting to be traded. this year it's going to have a big effect on him. Yep, how how well he plays and, and his contract problems and I want to be traded. And, oh, I'm, I've got these 20 court cases against me and everything else under the sun. I I, I truly think that, that you're right. It's going to affect him in a negative way. And it drops him out of the top ten, but he's um, he's he should be like top five almost. I mean, we're we're talking one of the best quarterbacks in the league, yes. hands down. Now, if Absolutely. he wasn't in that situation in Houston, it'd be a whole different animal. He'd be in my top five. Yep. All right, now top ten. All these guys, I, I I look at them like these are guys at any point could be in MVP conversation, have in the past, or mm-hmm. they're just very good players. Right. Um, number ten, Kyler Murray. Started off hot, hot, hot. Yeah. Started off hot, tapered off about midway through the season. Um, everybody, we it was looking like Arizona was going to be the real thing, and it's starting to look like Arizona is going to wind up being the real thing again. I think Kyler Murray's something special. He could be in the MVP talk. I, I this could be the year for Kyler Murray. I mean this this could be the the big blow up for him. Uh, we're going to find out. He's uh, he's something special in this league. I, I like it. I like Kyler Murray a lot. I think you've got him. Actually, to be honest with you, I might move him up a couple of spots. Maybe. Yeah, he, I think he's that good. But it, it, as we get to this, you're going to see it, it's, it's tough. It's yeah. tough, tough. Number nine, uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk started off bad last year. One in five. I mean, he threw ten picks. I mean, it was it was nasty. It was just a nasty, nasty way for Kirk to start off the season, and then he came alive, and they almost made the playoffs. I I like Kirk. Kirk has to show me that he can be consistent. The crazy thing about Kirk Cousins is there is no quarterback for the last couple of years that in October and November got hotter than Kirk Cousins. Now, if Kirk Cousins can get us ten wins and take us to the end of the season and get hot, 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 like he does in November, October, you know, in that range, going into playoff time, I'm cool with that. You give me that Eli Manning love, and you take us to a Super Bowl, I won't shut the fuck up about how great you are. But but Kirk Cousins, he gets hot in that middle of the season, and then near the end of the season he tapers off, and then he maybe has a good game here and there, like to kick off the, the <laughs> playoffs, and then he's dead after that. I want to see Kirk Cousins get hot like we're talking week 14 and then keep that gravy train rolling right through the playoffs. Number eight, Matt Stafford. 
Yeah, uh, Stafford, I, I don't know what he's going to do in L.A. I think everybody's really excited about team, him. so it's weird. Yep, new team, but him and McVay seem to have a really nice rapport. Uh, he's got more weapons. Uh, it's going to be an exciting time for, for old Matt. He's He's got a more weapons, better scheme. I, I It always makes you wonder, what if? Because what, what if he stuck around with Campbell? You know, what mm-hmm. if he did that? If he stuck around with Dan Campbell, then, then maybe we're having a different conversation. I don't know what Stafford's going to do here because you got he's got Robert Woods over there as as his number one, and he's got Cooper Cup, and those are his two guys. I don't think they have anybody else though. They're not very deep at receiver at this point. They got Higby at tight end, and uh, now they have a bad running back situation. Uh, Henderson is a good pass catching running back. He's also kind of a, a bruiser up the middle. We'll see how it goes. Matt Stafford is going to going it, to it, it's. It's really going to depend on on a lot of things. I think the mini camp's going to help him, but I, I think he's going to have to warm up to things for the first couple of weeks, and it might be a little rough for him going into the start of the season. Number seven, Matt Ryan. Underrated and overlooked constantly. Yes. Um, not enough weapons for him. I, I, I don't think, I think right now, the lack of, Cal, it's Calvin Ridley. That's that's basically what he's got. Everybody's talking about. Oh, he's got Russell Gage, and he's got this. Who cares? Russell Gage isn't proven enough. Yet. No, no. It's Calvin he, Ridley. Yeah, it's Calvin Ridley. That's what he's got over there. He's got Calvin Ridley, and he's got a nice new tight end. You don't got a running back. <laughs> Calvin Ridley and Pitts, and they got Mike Davis, who is unproven and injury prone. Mm-hmm. So you you need to get something over there for him. And yeah, because of lack of weapons, now I, I think I think seven's right. I, I think Matt uh, Matt Ryan. I think he drops out of the top ten here. I think he might. Yep. Number six, Lamar. Lamar's about right. We got to see what particularly what, with the new weapons because he should be able to really. Uh, now this is a year to where he either zooms himself into the top five, top three, or he drops himself to like a ten or eleven, twelve. Yeah. If if you have Bateman and with, with Bateman and, and, and Andrews with, and Andrews and Watkins and and Dobbins now stepping up and possibly Brown should be able one. to go and do his thing as a deep threat guy. Yep, there, there's there's things there, there's weapons there, and and Baltimore is scary. So we gotta we gotta. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right. He either jumps to top three or he jumps down to ten, eleven. I mean, he he's we're gonna find out if if Lamar is the guy. If Mark, he's, uh, uh, we're also in a year for him. It's a no excuse year. Yep. And he's played very. It's not, not like we're talking about him playing bad, but this like you have the team yeah. to be a juggernaut team and just make and just push teams around. Well, for years, it. for years now, they they've had a, a lack of weapons at the receiver position and still managed great seasons. Now he's got all these receiving weapons, so now it's like, okay, let's see what you do. Show me that you're the real deal. Show me that you can do it. You know, I, I want to see that this guy's going to be able to boost himself into that upper echelon of those quarterbacks. Top five, Josh Allen. Yeah, uh, so Josh Allen will forever be hindered by the fact that there's no running game on that team right now. Yes. I mean, that's all it is. He, he played so well with as a one-dimensional offense, and I can't believe that as a one-dimensional offense, nobody caught on until the playoffs when they took on the Chiefs. I couldn't believe it. It was insanity. The fact that the Buffalo Bills... Um, made it as just a passing, passing, passing team constantly. And, and Stefan Diggs is a great receiver. But, man, they threw the ball a lot mm-hmm. last year. A lot. And, and it's amazing a team like Baltimore didn't catch on because they, they uh, with their, their D-backs, they should have just been just like 
Come yeah. on. Yeah. Well, Come on. Well, we the, dare you. Baltimore did catch on. That was the thing. Was, remember, that was a low-scoring oh, affair. Oh, yeah, because it, it, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was a low-scoring affair in the playoffs, but it's just, I, I just, Josh Allen, I, I think he's proven he's a top-five guy right now, but I want to see what happens if, if they actually give him the running back weapon that he should have. I mean, it, we, we were hoping, like, a guy like ETN would fall to the Bills or something, but mm, that didn't go happen. Go sign Gurley. Yeah, go pick somebody up that can run the football, man, for Christ's sake. Number four, Tom Brady. Yeah. That's where his current arm strength is. Still very good, mm. but he's not the Tom Brady of old. Well, he's... Um, the, the his video- brain's the most dangerous weapon. Yeah, his brain's the most dangerous weapon. Um, he's got an accurate pass. He's still accurate. Um, not on a deep ball, but on those short routes, he's he's always accurate. He's always been accurate. He's always been a dink and dunk type of quarterback that's going to pick you to death. Um, he's not, not a deep ball guy. He's never been a deep ball guy. When he does throw a good deep ball, it's like, well, hey, look at that. He threw one, <laughs> but uh, he posted a video earlier today throwing into that machine, and yep. it was looking pretty fucking accurate. And it looks scary, but it was you know you remember he was throwing fifteen twenty yard passes. I mean, like let's be real. I mean that's that's what Tom Brady's throwing. Um, yeah, Brady. Uh, I, I think you got him about right. I think the defense sort of saved him last year, uh, late in the season, but ultimately I think you got him about right. Top three, number three. Russell Wilson. Little high? Not much. Uh, good weapons. Great weapons. Shit, he's got two of the top receivers in the league. Um, not much of a running game. They needed to get him more offensive line help, for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. He doesn't run like he used to. He transfer, transformed himself, rather, into a uh, into a pocket passer. And he's one of the most accurate passers in the league. Yep, he is. Um, and continuously gets a bad team into the playoffs. Yeah. That's, this is a guy, we talk about transforming your team. Much of this top ten does that. Yeah. Yeah, it, he raises this that team up every time. Um, so we're going to find out. The The offensive line issue is going to be a problem for him. It might sink him down a little bit. It might, it might move him down a couple of spots. Because that offensive line, he's going to have to start being mobile again, which he, he mm-hmm. hasn't had to do over the past several years very consistently. So we're going to find out. But Russell Wilson, I think you got him about Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's a Hall of Fame guy. Easy. So I mean, yeah, I think you got him about right. He's about in the right spot. Number two, reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, number two. I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to play. That's the problem. He might just be wiped off the list here. But in its current state, it's, yeah, it's current, right. In the current state, it's it's absolutely correct. Uh, he he was he had a great year last year. Great great year. Um, I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I hope he retires. Retires or goes to the Vikings. Yep, retires and becomes a Viking. <laughs> that's that's the the dream right there. That's the soggy dream. But ultimately, I think um, you know you're you're looking at uh, the proper spot for Aaron Rodgers because number one has got to be Patty Mahomes. So number one, no questions asked. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, and we know that he elevates his team. He he's just an amazing athlete. Um, this retooled offensive line of theirs is going to be a big thing for them, and I think you're absolutely right on that one. Right, of spot on the top two, absolutely. It's it's Mahomes and then Rodgers, no doubt. So, and I and I, th- I really think after the, the whole ten, you, you can shift it around in many different ways. Is they're all very very good. Oh yeah, the top ten quarterbacks in this in this league are are good, and a lot of people don't put in a lot of stock in certain guys, and you know Stafford and Cousins, and you know even Matt Ryan. A lot of people don't put enough stock in those guys, and I think. You know, I, I had a hard time putting stock in in Kirk Cousins at the beginning of the season after a one and five start. You know, so I, 
and you can't put not put stock in like a guy like Matt Stafford because he's played for the fucking Lions for the last 15 years. But he's done very well with a lot of garbage. Yeah. Stafford's an elevating your team type of player. He is. He is. But you can only elevate trash to decent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now he's got, he can elevate good to great. Yeah. And I want to see if he's better than Goff. We're going to find out if he's actually better than Jared Goff. That's going to be the question of the day. So, and uh, with that, Tyler, Tyler's top 47. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, we got a good breakdown of every quarterback that could see a start. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, honestly, and I, I brought up Kellen Mond. The reason I brought up Kellen Mond is, you know, if Kirk Cousins does go down, I think Kellen Mond's the guy. Everybody says uh, Jake Browning is the backup and whatever. Uh-uh. Kellen Mond. Is but I don't envision Cousins getting benched. I, he might get hurt, but I, I mean, remember I wasn't yeah, counting counting injury. Yeah, because because otherwise Trubisky would be on the list, and there's right. a lot to be on the list. <laughs> so, but that's all Tyler's top forty-seven, and folks, that's all we got for today. Um, I hope everybody is excited. We got NFL preseason coming up here pretty soon. Here, it's right around the corner. I think we're talking August fifth, if I'm not mistaken, is the opening preseason game. So uh, that one will be a good time. And uh, Tyler, that's all we got. Uh, have you gotten a massage yet? Yeah. Get a freaking massage, Tyler. You got to go to It's Your Time Massage at IYTMassage.com. Check her out at It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. Amanda's a wonderful th- wonderful massage therapist. And uh, she'll take good care of you over here at It's Your Time Massage. Um, and then also uh, check out Face Kicked Apparel, Sean Stockmeyer. He'll help you out with all of your uh, t shirts, hoodies, hats, scarves, anything you could ask for. You pick it, he sticks it, baby, over at FaceKickedApparel.com. And uh, also our boy Alex Steele, who we haven't had on the show in a little while. I would love to have him back on. But uh, Condor's Gaming Corner is, is rocking and rolling. And also Big Willie Dubs Gaming, Gaming Corner. You can check out Wills over at Big Willie Dubs Gaming um, over on Facebook, as well as Condor's Gaming over there on Facebook as well. And uh, yeah, baby, we're rocking and rolling. We're getting close, Tyler. Getting close. Getting very close. We're getting close. And it's almost fantasy football time for us, baby. Yeah. Getting getting stoked, getting excited. I'm in too many leagues. Oh, come on. <laughs> this one's going to be good, and I'm excited because it's going to be a year, every year league. I'm very excited for that. Every year I'm going to be doing this thing annually. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, mess this one up, you know? <laughs> so, so uh, thank you so much, folks, for listening. Uh, we'll be back here in a couple of weeks uh, with some uh, preseason stuff. And uh, t- for Tyler, for myself, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.